time now for Dan Issel and Louis Rabot right here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Dan and Louie. Breeders' Cup Friday, everybody. Welcome in. This is Issel and Louie coming to you from beautiful Keeneland Racecourse. Historic, important Keeneland Racecourse. On a absolutely perfect Friday morning weather-wise. Joining us today, Mike Gandolfo of Horse Racing Happy Hour. We'll uh, talk a little bit about racing, but uh, kind of a normal show today. We'll uh, have picks with Pat at 11. You bet. And... um, it's great to be here, isn't it, Louie? <laughs> you know, I, I, we haven't lost a race yet, so it's perfect. That's the first thing. I also see Dan's uh, first bid for Flightline is already up that's on right. the screen $4 here. Million the sales for $4 million. <laughs> Dan's getting ready for that. Um, I'll have to sell a few more spots for us to be able to offer uh, that one. But, no, uh, it is ironic that the first show we do with Dan here is in the sales ring. I mean, I mean, come on. It I mean, should be. Is, that's exactly how it should be. Yeah, that's what it should be, right? Dan? That's right. Yeah. I've had, I've this had, is your building. I've had some wonderful moments <laughs> in this building, and I've had some terrible <laughs> moments <laughs> in this building. But, uh, yes, over the years, it's, I think the good has out. Weighed the bad. So, are you actually like the mayor of this property, like this, like this sales no, no, area? No, 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 no. Like you walk no. in, they're like your, you're like your coffee's ready the way you like it, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> no, and today no, no. they treated you like a peasant. Like no, no, no. no? no okay, no, no. No, okay. no. no we, I mean, we saw Jim Gluckson, one of the directors here, at Breeders Cup, and um, a lot of our media friends are kicking around. So, no, it's been good. Good morning so far. Yep, yep. Lots of fun. Yeah. So where do you want to start with uh, uh, IARP? <laughs> I think we have to. Uh, no, we've had enough of that. No, uh, my favorite thing that's happened is is that Pat Forty has become Billy Reed. Yes. So we lost Billy Reed, and Pat Forty has just slid straight into that role. If we're going to have rules, why don't we enforce them? Um, why? I mean, uh, if there's just these inconsistencies, and I'm like, Pat, I get it. Like, you called for something five years ago that didn't end up happening, but you don't. You don't have to be that guy. Yeah. Don't, no one's sad in the South End looking into their beers. No one's, you know, putting out Facebook messages about Joby Hall right after he dies. You don't have to be that guy. <laughs> you don't have to do that. Well, I, I, I will, uh, I will enlighten Mister Forty. Go ahead. Uh, but I'm going to wait till Monday morning uh, for our new segment, Mondays moron <laughs> and 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 it's, it's i hope that's not me it's it's easy it's easy to figure out who who's who monday's moron is uh, in this case it's morons uh but but i have a great idea and i think it it i think it has legitimacy i i will tell you on monday morning why everybody gets the minimum penalty and nobody gets pen- punished for anything i like it I'll right. tell you that Monday morning. Monday morning yep. with Monday's morons. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. I, what I like about the idea of that segment is that you you do that segment every day. We're just giving it a name. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Louis Rabot. Yeah, but but the the fun part of it is doing it on Monday. Yeah. You have three whole days for the morons to we were talking to about become available because you you had to miss Monday's show. You were just sitting on takes for three days. Yeah. After yeah. Kentucky gets, you know, lambasted at Tennessee and, like, Louisville actually wins a football game that matters and, like, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, Dan's just sitting. And then they lose to uh, Leanne Rimes on Sunday. Yeah. Like, Dan's just, no, sitting, on the, he's just was... sitting on these takes. Were you giving them out at the funeral home? It's like, <laughs> did you see Louisville yesterday? It's like people did, walking through. I did run the, the, the Leon, Leanne Rimes line past my brother-in-law, and he laughed out loud. So I knew I, knew I could use that At one. least worked on one person. Exactly. Right. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, no, I mean, you know, just uh, 
resetting a little bit. This is Islin Louie. We're live in the sales ring here at Keeneland ahead of Breeders' Cup. Um, Mike and Duffel hanging out with us uh, today and tomorrow. We're going to be back on 11 noon tomorrow if you want to hang out uh, there as well. Kind of just looking ahead to the weekend. Broad sort of broad strokes right now, Mike. What are you looking forward to? Uh, fly line. Great. I mean, there's nothing else to look forward to. I mean, there's Stop lots it. of things to look forward to. <laughs> but what, you are going to fly line tomorrow. All-time great horse. Just... We're going to see an amazing performance, or we're going to have uh, an amazing thing to talk about one way or the other. If he gets, I mean, to me, it would be the biggest upset in horse racing I would have ever witnessed if this horse loses. Avery, what is the what is the pool up to on the pick six that Diener has? How much money do they have together now? I know they're at least at twenty thousand. Okay, yeah. all right. Okay. Oh wait, I think they may have maxed out at twenty thousand. I don't know if anyone okay, hit 20... it like at the very end. Got it. They hit it at the very end. Well, there it is. Yeah. yeah, there you go. How well, much the, you only way, the only way this thing is going to pay 20000 is if Flightline gets beat. I agree with you. And I don't see that happening. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a generational horse. I was, I was fortunate enough to see Secretariat. Mm. Uh, th- this is the best horse since Secretariat. You're not going to go better than Secretariat? Uh, not yet. Okay. I, might, I might after tomorrow, yeah. but, but not yet. Um, but this, this horse, I mean, y- y- you look at the buyer figures. Uh, they they were talking about the, the buyer figure came back like one thirty two, one thirty two, and the yeah. guy and the guy said, you know, I can't give this horse one thirty two, so I think he backed off to like one twenty six. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, f- f- stroll through, uh, scroll through your uh, PPs and see how many one twenty six buyer figures you see. I think the next highest in the Breeders' Cup Classic is one twelve. Yeah, yeah uh, that right. and and he's only run less than one twelve once, and I mean this horse is just phenomenal. And, and, and that one twelve, by the way, was that seven furlongs. The bigger story here to me, Louie and Dan, is that we had a chance to have uh, just a legit superstar and bring everyone into the sport of horse racing, and we don't see ads for it. You know, Breeders Breeders Cup is on NBC. But we're not seeing ads on NBC for Breeders' Cup. We're flightlining. Go out and see how great this horse yep. is. Yep. You had a legit chance to bring fans to the sport, and the sport failed. Yeah. 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 I, I think that the Triple Crown matters so much that if people don't see these horses in the Derby, don't attach their names to the Derby, that they just That's a great they look point. past them. Got yeah. a note yesterday from a guy who listens uh, to the show. She pulls his name up. Um, and asking, you know, you know, why why wasn't there more scuttle about Flightline as a three year old? Didn't break his maiden until his April of his three year old year. I mean, yeah. they didn't run him. They, they yeah. you know. And to be fair on that though, Louis, inside horse racing circles, as soon as this horse was purchased, there was a lot of anticipation about Flightline. They just were very careful about how they brought this horse along, right? Uh, and really, they've they've got him ready for this spot this is what yeah. this is all about well he's so he's so fast yeah you can't run him once a month i mean you've got to give him time to recover between races and and you know you'd love to see this horse race once a month but in today's horse racing uh you're not going to see that it'll be very interesting there's been some talk about bringing him back next year when they sell this share in flight line uh monday afternoon He's, he's the first horse. His share is the first. Obviously, he won't be in the ring, but they'll auction off a share. And, and depending on, I think, what that share brings will will largely determine if this horse goes to stud next year or if they bring him back to running. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. this. I mean, this is the most valuable horse in the world. I, I can't imagine that they're going to race him next year, but they're racing people, so we'll see what happens. 
uh, Joe was the guy who uh, hit me up with the message. So, Joe, if you're listening, uh, I think he's a pretty regular listener. appreciate you reaching out. Yeah, just a late bloomer of a horse. Um, it is, uh, it's its own thing. He gets better with distance, which mm-hmm. is interesting as well. Uh, if people want to know, he actually ran the, uh, the Pacific Classic mile and a quarter about a half second, full half second faster than Secretary ran the Derby. Yeah. So yep. I, I yep. think I think the question for Flightline tomorrow is, can he run a sub-159 mile and a Well, and then, of course, because that 159, that time, he wasn't pushed at all. Right. There was no competition. That's what I'm getting at. So if, if there's actual pace to this race tomorrow. Which there will where, be. I mean, should I, be. If, if people haven't heard me say this, he beats Country Grammar by 19 and a quarter lengths. Country Grammar comes back. He assumes he's won the race <laughs> because... <laughs> Because Flightline is so far ahead of him, he, he can't see him. see him. Like Bob, like Baffert turns him around to walk him back to, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Go take my picture. What are you doing?" And like, and no, I just no idea that he yeah, lost. You, so. you see how many of those horses he beat in the Pacific Classic bothered to fly in here and run against him again tomorrow. <laughs> that number is nope. absolutely zero. Zero, but three of them are Grade One winners. Uh, no, I, I think the sub one fifty nine is the number that would make me go, "Okay, this is this is just simply different." And better, and so yeah, I, you know, it is it is a shame he's not he wasn't ready as a three year old to to have a big season. Did win the uh, uh, the Bing Crosby um, or the Malibu, excuse me, last year, but yeah, just not uh, just wasn't ready as a three year old. Well, neither was Arrogate. I mean, we had we've, we've had lots of horses that have kind of fit this kind of mold before, and Flightline's a step above every single one of them in my estimation uh, of the ones that since I've been covering horse racing. Avery, did you hear the name Life Is Good a lot from uh, Blake and Baker today? Maybe like once, but we didn't really talk about um, Breeders' Cup much, okay. except that we had the pool open. Got it. Give me the breakdown of that show. What did they? What is it? All IARP stuff and basketball and yeah, you know, it was very strongly IARP. Yeah, and what a superstar Rick Pitino is. <laughs> well, so so like Rick. How much Rick Pitino sound did you have to play in the first show? Ah, uh, we probably did like two of his clips. Okay. okay, but we have a lot from him. Yeah, I miss him. Um, the, uh... yeah, don't bo- yeah, don't bother playing any of them during our show. <laughs> uh, but I think uh, some of the other things that are on the um, on the card for me, like the distaff, is just loaded, like it usually is. We tell people on the horse racing happy hour, fall in love with the Phillies when they're three years old because they're going to run for longer. Uh, trying to figure out that race. Good luck, uh, Dan. Likes uh, a horse on the outside in society. Well, um, I, I, I had a long conversation yesterday with uh, Wayne Lister, uh, who bred uh, Nest and will sell his mama here on Monday, her mama on Monday. And we both came up with the same horse. We thought that uh, Society, who is another three-year-old, will carry the same weight, three pounds less than the older mares. And uh, her last two races have been phenomenal. If they leave her alone on the lead, uh, she's going to be tough to catch. But uh, I, I still think I, I still think Nest. When you look at those last two performances, Louie, and now I know it was against straight three-year-olds, but you look at those last two performances, uh, they were awesome. Uh, no, last time out, actually, she was against three and up at Aqueduct. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's no, right. The two that's before right. that were yeah. against three yeah. But no, she was. I was, she was, I was referring to older the two company at, at uh, Saratoga. Yeah, and and uh, and. In the Bell Dam, it was it was lesser quality yeah, horses. None, in that, in that group. N- not like she's going to run against tomorrow, right? But I mean, she beat the the Kentucky 
Oaks winner by 12 lengths mm-hmm. in, in the Oaks at uh, Saratoga. So it's not like, you know, she can't do it. No, so, those yeah, two absolutely. races at Saratoga yeah. were phenomenal. Uh, getting a uh, personal bat phone uh, text line. Flightline has the lowest thoroughgraph number ever, minus eight and a half. Wow. 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 <laughs> wow. So that's, uh, that's, that's what we're dealing with this weekend. I, I think that race is wildly interesting. You get numerous alumna from the Kentucky Oaks. Malathat, winner last year. You do get, uh, um, excuse me, um, <laughs> Search results, who uh, ran second last year in that race, second to Personal Anson last time out. I think she might be poised to have a big race, actually, because she's been knocking on the door the whole year. And that's the kind of horse that in that late sequence, if you leave that horse out, you might mm. be missing out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, no, there's, uh, if you've got 20000 to invest, uh, this might be an all race. This is a, <laughs> with, with, how, <laughs> with how good the field is, Secret Oath, the Kentucky Oaks winner. Fifteen to one. On the yeah, line. that's she. I, I think she's uh, she's lost a step. Uh, her last her last few races haven't been very impressive. I, I keep getting looks from people. Is it just because we're doing live radio? Or yeah, is probably because okay. we're, we're amongst the writers and we're out here doing live radio. So <laughs> that's okay. This you know these are our people. You know, are they? Yeah. Okay. Just yeah, I think I mean, Danny's our Wilkin, guy. But Wilkins here. I mean, yeah, Shervis probably ran here somewhere. If he's up yet, <laughs> if he's you know. awake. Yeah. He's like, I, the other interesting the only thing, guy I know that lives in Florida but is on California time all the time. All the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other broad stroke thing that I think um, I'm going to make at least this statement: I don't think a three year old American horse wins a race. Hmm. I think we could see. Do you think it. Ness gets beat? I think Ness probably gets beat. Okay, I think we, um, I think we probably see a three-year-old win a turf race, or a European three-year-old, uh, Nashua uh, specifically. But uh, I think there's a good chance that the three-year-olds completely get shut out. Really? Yeah. Who do you like in the exacta with Flightline? Well, I mean, I'm talking about to win the race. Yeah. No, I understand. I understand. But well, listen, you know, I'm a hot rod Charlie guy. Yeah. So I'm going to go Flightline. So that's Charlie. a three. That's a three-year-old. Hot rod Charlie's not three. He's four this year. He is, yeah. Now, a th- a th- <laughs> you lost a whole year. A, a three, a, th- a three-year-old is running second to fr- flight line. Epic Epicenter is. Yep. Okay. Uh, I bet you. Oh, now be well, here careful. we go. Here we go. Be careful. I got two hundred dollars in my pocket. So, <laughs> so <laughs> be careful. Be careful. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna. Uh, I don't know. I just don't like it here. So we'll see. <laughs> I don't like it here. I don't. I don't like the three-year-old class I, very much. I, oh, Mike, I have a really good idea. Yeah. Uh, I, I did this. This is terrifying. Whenever I, he starts with, I have a really good idea. I, I did this with um, Jimmy the Greek one time. Oh, that's Wait, pr- really good not a good idea. Florida Hummelbrag. <laughs> dropping Jimmy the Greek. We, we were sitting. Now, now, you all don't remember this, but when you used to go to Vegas, uh, none of the hotels had horse books. There, there were like four, three or four horse books on the strip, and it was like the sting. They had boards. That, that, that they wrote the horses' names and the odds. And, it's, like, it's like betting in Europe, right? And you had to wait 20 minutes, and then they do a, uh, a, a, a simulation call of the race. 20 minutes after the race was won. That's that's how far this Is this sport, like 1965 or something? Uh, no, it, it would be like in the early 70s. Were you wearing a fur coat? Huh? <laughs> so, so that, Were you so, surrounded by ladies of the night? No. Okay. Just was one. Jimmy. Just one. Yeah, prime. Sherry. Sherry. Yeah, prime, yeah. Uh, so, uh, that, that was her profession when I met her. Um, oh, my God. Did he just say that? About, oh, my God. So, so, um, so, I'm, so I'm, sitting, about to explode. I'm sitting there with I'm sitting there with Jimmy the Greek, who was a close friend of John Y. Brown's. That's how I got to know him. And so rather than betting at the window, 
we started betting against one another. Uh-huh. You know, to save the to save the juice. Sure. And I think with the with the picks you're coming up with, I think you and I are different enough. Maybe you and I, instead of going to the window, we should just bet against each other. Dennis will just challenge yeah. you. I'm I sorry, mean, you grew up UK guy. Like I think you have to. I have to take it. Well, yeah, you know, I think you have to do so. that. I, and I really also like Olympiad. I think a lot too. Maybe I love the Olympiad board there too. I, there, you know, yeah. I think Epicenter would be. It's going to be a case where we see. He probably hits the top of the stretch. Realizes he doesn't have a shot. We might start to see him kind of like ease into not hitting the board. Is mm-hmm. my okay. Well, I think Flightline will be kind of like uh, country grammar. Flightline will be so far ahead. It won't matter. Epicenter is going to think he won the race when he runs second. I think there's more early speed in this race than there was in that Pacific Classic. Uh, yeah. So I think he'll be. There will be more horses on the lead in this race. What, what do you do if your life is good? Do you, I mean, you have to go. go don't He's got to go. You, you got to go. Go. go for it. You got to go. Yeah. Go yep. Yeah. That's right. So. And again, yeah. the life is good. The 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 big thing here is will life is good be able to go the mile and a quarter? And uh, I know you don't think so, Louis. And I I don't. I have questions about it. At yeah. Least. Yeah. Right. I mean. That's going to be the big thing here. Yep. We won't be there, guys, but we want to thank uh, George and the Bernos team for bringing lunch by the ESPN studios today. Bernos has you covered for all of the big events this weekend. They're right downtown next to the UM Center. Bernos at the bridge. Carry out, delivery, or dine in. 14 area locations in Metro Louisville and Southern Indiana. Yeah, it's that good. Bernos Pizza. There you go. Without Mike and me there to eat all the pizza this oh, weekend. I hammer that thing on Fridays, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> I hammer it. Leaving plenty of pizza for everybody You give else. a fat guy free pizza. Like, you, listen, it's going to get crazy. And good pizza. Yeah, yeah it's good. It's real good. <laughs> there you go. We will be doing picks with Pat. His last one at 11 o'clock. I'm sad. <laughs> I don't know if that's a lie or not. It's no, a- <laughs> I'm very sad. I mean, I'm happy for Pat. Sure. Uh, he gets to, number one, do something he loves, and number two is probably going to get paid about three times what he's making at ESPN. 3X Louisville. sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, so I'm happy for him, but I'm sad that this will be our last show. Yeah. We're going to continue picks with Pat after Pat's gone and just continue to call it picks with Pat. Same open, the same everything. Sure, yeah, because I'm not doing more work, and so, yeah, no, it's right. going to be great. Yeah, plus you got it sold. Plus I sold the segment, so we got to keep going. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. All right. Uh, Isla and Louie here at Breeders' Cup, hanging out with you at Keeneland. Uh, Mike Andolfo, Horse Racing Happy Hour, alongside us. Um, coverage today up until noon. You get Bobby V after us. And then, of course, 11 to noon tomorrow. Um, you can tune in for us as well. Um, lots of coverage tomorrow, by the way, of uh, the Louisville game. Uh, they will be kicking off at 730. But prior to that, you can check out all the pregame coverage. Uh, let me pull up the promo sheet and be a good citizen here. Um all of that starts uh, on 93.9 at 4 o'clock. Little Light pregame show. Uh, the Sheriff, Mark Blankenbaker, will talk for an hour and 50 minutes. Taylor Lynch for about 10. Live from Cardinal Stadium at 6 o'clock, you'll get the network pregame with Paul Rogers, Jody Demling, and the VP, Drew Diener. Network play-by-play at 7.30 against James Madison. The? Oh, man, I used to know this. Dan knows. Uh, I can't come up with it. The I... winner's on Saturday? The Dukes. Oh, the Dukes. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, the uh, network uh, postgame show. And Mark Ennis will have the Miller Live postgame show on 93.9 and on the app. That is one of our uh, show, or one of our games that we will have to pick um, as well this weekend. So, uh, by the way, Inside Churchill Lounge will be on tonight, 6 to 7. So I'm sure they'll be live uh, talking about some of these races that are going on. All right. Um, did you, Mike, I mean, I, I have to ask, did you have an IARP Yeah, sort of I reaction? mean, I think you know, I, for people who don't know, I have a little bit of a background in just – uh, athletic administration and uh, if you're going to put someone on probation you need to enforce the probation and uh, and I just that's the one thing that I was a little now 
the argument could be made whether or not Louisville suffered enough over the last five years or, or not. And I mean, I think they suffered a ton over the last five years. But I think the it probably should have been a little bit of a harsher penalty than what was out there just because you were already on probation. This is an accumulating effect. It's not We're not living in just a vacuum of this one incident. And then the last thing is, like, all the – I don't understand why we're having all this put the banner back up talk because that's not even the incident that we were – It doesn't matter. It it doesn't have anything to do with this. I know, but it it doesn't matter because nothing gets enforced anyway. So put put the banner up. Put the banner up. I'm I'm a put the banner up guy. Yeah, I am. Absolutely. Yeah. And if they say, well, you can't get any NCAA tournaments in the Yum Center because the banner's up. All right, go find someplace else. Yeah, (laughs) you might actually sell more season tickets. I'll set that. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, Louie and I yesterday talked about yesterday should have should have been a celebration by the Louisville fans. Oh, absolutely. At the game last I mean, they that got was the that, and, absolute best-case scenario. And, and it was in last night's game. I watched it. I got on my ESPN Here Plus on the, on the computer. There it is. And, and uh, they, had a, they had a huge a huge celebration at the Yum Center. I think all 4,000 people were, that, that attended the game were really happy uh, with the outcome of the IARP. How did you, uh, how did you take in the game, Dan? Did it, how did they look? I, I, I see that they overcame a second-half deficit. Yes, yes. Um, uh, they um, they they have two guys that can play, and I thought, what happened to Sidney Curry? I thought I, I, after the second half of last year, I thought Sidney Curry would have a breakout year this year, and if he spent the summer in the gym, it was with a bag of cheeseburgers mm. because he. <laughs> He is heavy. He's he's not in shape. Uh, Kenny took him out for like six or seven minutes in the in the second half. So um, uh, you know, L L can play. Um, they didn't have uh, Shamanad didn't have anybody that could stay in front of him. And and Withers is really playing well. It drops off quickly after that. Long term, are you worried about about Big Sid? About his health? Well, he's going to have to get in shape. I mean, he's it's obvious he's not hes not in the same shape very he was at the end of last year. Because cause Payne has talked a lot about bringing in you know the, the track and field trainer and that kind of stuff, getting the guys running once a week. So it really flies in the face of what we've heard about. I want to play fast. I want to do all this. So for Sid to show up like that, it's... I mean, frankly, it's disappointing, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's just disappointing yeah, because he's no. supposed to be one of the, the leaders of this team because they're, I mean, they're just, they're, they're thin. They just, it is what it is. And, 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 so for him and the other thing, the other thing to me that we've talked about is, is that Kenny has to establish a different culture than they have had here the last few years. And, and I expect that to happen. I still expect it to happen. But this team doesn't play hard, Louie. I mean, they 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 kind of you know skip good. from one end of the floor to the other. I, I I'm really surprised that this team doesn't play harder for for Kenny and his staff. Is that evidence of just how the depth and so how practices are? I mean, the top guys know they're the top guys. They don't have to worry about playing time. They got nobody from behind pushing them. They they can they don't have to play all out in order to dominate that. Or what do you what do you think that's from? We have we have at least seen that I think a little bit on the football side that Brock Doman goes in and wins a game of Virginia, and all of a sudden Lee Cunningham is significantly better the next couple. One hundred percent. So that push, I, I I think it was it sounded like a cliche when people talked about it, but the fact that Scott Satterfield never had a second quarterback, 
you know, if you're comfortable in that first spot, I think we've seen some evidence of that with Malik Cunningham. Do you think it's the same on the basketball side? It could be. Yeah, yeah, it could be because, but, um, but I think it's also, you know, you're going from last year. Last year was terrible. I mean, it was terrible for everybody. It was terrible for people to watch. It was terrible for the kids to go through. And, you know, sometimes it takes more than a couple of exhibition games to turn that that part of it around. As I said, I fully expect this team will play harder going down the road, uh, or, or Kenny will find somebody who does. I think that's the big question that you and I have asked this year is, is, it, is this going to be a team that stays on the rails? Because there's going to be losing. Right? No they're they're, they're going to lose games. No it's it's going to be part of the, I mean, the fabric of the with, season. With, can they, with about can he three, keep the cat, the, with the about three minutes to go last night, that, that's, the game was that, that game was was tied with three minutes in an exhibition game against Chaminade. So, I mean, it's uh, I, I can hardly wait till Wednesday night. I, th- I think Scotty D will give them all they want when they play Bellarmine Wednesday night. Who's more likely to win in the next couple of days, James Madison on the football side or Bellarmine on the basketball side? Uh, I'll go Bellarmine on the basketball side. I think it's not even close. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. I, I agree for sure. Yep. Yeah, I, I definitely would say Bellarmine I mean, even side. I went a couple years ago. I think it was about three years ago they played the preseason game. It was Mac, and it was um, and, and obviously Scotty D. And Scotty D coached that preseason game like he was trying to make the tournament. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, he was animated. He was he was he was getting into the refs the whole thing. So if he brings any of that energy to this game, now what he needs to not do, and I know Scotty D listens. So Scott, my only advice to you, my friend, <laughs> is Patino and the rivalry between U of L and UK would get so worked up it, it infected his players at U of L, hmm. and it may I think it I think it was a detriment to his players, and I don't think Scotty D is going to change his excuse me his methodology that much. But I think if he gets too worked up, that could be to a detriment to his players. He doesn't need to do that. He just needs to have his players play their game. Exactly. I don't. I don't think that's a worry with Bellman. Don't think so. Okay. No. They, listen. They are. It's so such. It's so formulaic. Precision. Right? Yep. I mean, their their whole thing. And, and again, if you're a basketball fan and you haven't gone to watch Bellman play, from a basketball perspective of how they execute. It is unbelievable. Their precision is unreal. You know, they got to eventually start getting some Jimmy's and Joes. They got to get some guys that look like Division One basketball players. That's going to be his biggest struggle in the next coming years, is just getting those guys. But the guys he has, they play hard. They pass incredibly well. And that's why they're always one of the top shooting teams in the country. Yeah, and, and I think you're exactly right. Because they're so sound fundamentally. That's what's going to get and, and Louisville is not yet. Yeah. I think that's what makes this game very close. So it's a, it's a tough defensive breakdown that Louisville has. It's a tough regular season opener for sure. Yeah. yeah. So now it'll be interesting uh, watching them go forward. Of course, they're heading out to Maui after a couple of games at the Yum Center, and so uh, you know, hopefully they um you know they get some of that stuff figured out. Maybe they get um you know they figure out the uh, I don't know get in the film room and make it work. I don't know how that's going to work, but I mean it's it's uh maybe yeah. is there any chance is there any chance Dan and we did this frankly we did this on the football side is there any chance these close games actually refocus the team? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It 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 could. I mean it's uh, you know who 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 got more out of the game last night? Louisville having a close game and and taking uh, taking charge the last three minutes. Or Kentucky, who beats Kentucky, Kentucky State. State by fifty. I think I mean, it's Kentucky. Who, who gets who gets more out of that game? I think it's Kentucky, but for the opposite reason of Louisville. I think all those guys are seeing, oh crap, there's a ton of depth here. Mm-hmm. So if I'm if I'm not playing well, if I'm not doing whatever, I'm not going to play. 
I think that I mean, was already CJ, established. I, fine, but yeah. CJ Frederick's better than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, like period. He's just he's a better shooter than I thought he was. And and if he's open like that, I mean, a guy like Antonio Reeves, like having two guys like that, I, I think, like we talked about with the Malik Cunningham, you know, Brock Thoman thing, like having to get the guys push one another that way can only be a positive for them. Okay. I think that's so, what came out of the game. So last who night. who is who is the who's the one guy on the Kentucky if if uh, if Oscar gets it going or or. Um, Collins or or somebody gets it going. Who's the one guy you can double off of in the in the Kentucky lineup? Actually, go and double them. Who's who can you leave? To, oh, to this year, no one. That's yeah, why the sky's no, the limit with this team. No, you're wrong. Severe Wheeler. I agree, and that's why. Got it. And that's why I think we might be the same on this, Dan. It, <laughs> I'm, that's why Kaysen's going to oh. and, and that's why I think before this season is over, Kaysen Wallace will, oh, be, on, will be the point guard. I'll, on I've been on record. Further. I've been on record February 1st season starting quarter, uh, yeah. point guard. I yeah. think, no, think Severe's going to play a lot of minutes, like yeah. 15, 16 a game. But I think that Kaysen Wallace, well, because of his length especially. And in that case, it's perfect if, if Wheeler embraces that. Because if you we can talk get about that kind of that. defensive yes. and ju- uh, just that energy, energy especially, yeah. Off the bench, that's fantastic because yep. he's a poor man, Rajon Rondo. That's what he is. That's what Wheeler is, and uh, he's not going to be able to shoot. You don't have to. He he is turnover prone. I honestly think if he's the starting quarter, if he's the starting point guard, as Kentucky's going into the NCAA tournament, that they cannot make it to the Final Four. I, you know, I agree. I've said it from the very beginning uh, that uh, he he he's fast. He pushes the ball, but he he gets too far in the paint makes bad decisions, and he really struggles with his outside shooting. Is, is, Wheeler, is Wheeler being the SEC first-team point guard preseason the most surprising preseason vote yes. we've seen in a while? Absolutely. I thought it was, too. Absolutely. But, but you know, these are media people. They're like us. You got they two, don't yeah. know squat. you got a guy who's led the SEC in assists two years in a row. Um, Good point. I mean, I think you're going to – They're Good going to reward that. That's fair. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we are in the sales ring at beautiful Keeneland Racecourse. What hip am I? Uh, you're <laughs> you're in book four. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're hip. You're hip number one oh seven three. You're you're way down the list. You're way down. We'll start the bit Gandolfo, Gandolfo and I are book one. You're you're way down the list. Hey, a reminder that this hour of the show is brought to you by Kentucky Tourism. When you're ready to explore the outdoors, there's no better place than home. Hike, bike, paddle, fish, or even venture deep underground. This is Kentucky. Come see for yourself. Plan your getaway today at KentuckyTourism.com. This segment with Dan Issel and Louis Rabot is presented by KentuckyTourism.com. All right, welcome back in. Issel and Louis here on a Friday hanging out with you inside the Keeneland sales ring where Mike Andolfo will go later as hip hip 69. Congratulations, Mike. Um, <laughs> Issel and Louis with day. you hanging out at Breeders' Cup, getting you ready for all the coverage here. We'll be up uh, going up till noon. Bobby V after us. First take at 3, and then, of course, you will get... Uh, uh, the first take, excuse me, at three, and then uh, inside Churchill Downs after them today here on 680-1057. Reminder to some other programming. World Series does play on our air, and um, that will be 
Oh, man, I said World Series, and then that's not on here. The Kenny Payne Show is tonight. <laughs> World to Series. The World um, Series takes a break today. Yeah, they, today, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be in Houston at, over that. That uh, rain delay by, messed them up. Yeah, and by the way. By the way, did Houston, by the way, did who, Houston pulled that game out last night, yeah? Huh? Did Houston won Houston the game. Houston won. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, fell, I, fell, I fell asleep, baby. Verlander won his very first uh, World Series In your game. face, Dan. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, who can, uh, somebody on this show picked Houston in six. And I can't remember who that was. I had Houston in five. Uh huh. I think you had Phillies in seven. Yeah, right. And then Avery had Houston in six. So good I, job, Avery. We're, we're we're proud of you. There you go. Look at Thanks. Kate Rock on this replay here. Juan Hernandez. I don't know what I did, him. but yay! Yay! Hey, Dan, <laughs> Dan, what was your impressions of the uh, the no hitter? Um, you know, uh, have we talked about that? Actually? No, we didn't mention we didn't mention the World Series yesterday. Okay. I just come into the show and just drop a bomb and just yeah. Throw it up no, and I mean a no hitter in the World Series. We're talking Don Larson, yeah, nineteen forty eight. That was the year I was born. Yeah, that's how long and only the second no hitter. And of course, nobody's going to pitch a no hitter anymore because a, a complete game no hitter right. because they take them out after five or six innings. So, uh, but. It, what was what was most impressive to me, Mike, was that the night before, Philly hits five Just home runs, ton, yeah, the crushing game, the ball, crushing the ball, and come back and don't get a hit. So that's baseball. Well, I think a road team throwing a uh, combined no hitter with a DH is mm. incredibly yeah, impressive. Yeah. I mean, the DH thing. The, there's been no postseason no hitter without. I mean, the Reds got no hit by the Phillies. Uh, in 2010, I think it was 2010, Roy Halladay threw the no-hitter. Yes. Um, we talked about that, actually. But the DH changes that whole thing. I mean, when you throw the DH in there, yeah. I mean. That, that's not a, there's that's, not an automatic that's out. three outs. Well, yeah. DH talk on a Friday. Yeah, well, we'll do, we can do How baseball and horse racing all the time. <laughs> baseball, horse racing, a little college basketball. So let's talk boxing um, next. Make sure that we uh, touch all the 1922 but, bases. But I'm happy for Mattress Mac because it looks like he's going <laughs> to cash in back, yeah. about $75 million, $75 million. Are we really so, happy for him or are we just like good no, for him? No, no. I, I, I really like him. There it is. And that, uh, you, and, you and him and Jimmy the Greek hanging out in Vegas? Have you, Jimmy the Greek? No, you want to hear my Mattress Mac story? Oh, let's go. Yes, of course okay, so, so uh, he owns a tennis center in Houston. Of course he does. And uh, his good friends with uh, John Lucas. And John Lucas was our assistant coach, and we had... Uh, I have to stop you real quick. Okay. So we're at Keeneland, and they're showing all the pregame for all of this stuff. And, and they're, so they're interviewing everyone from the sponsors, right? So they had the guy from NetJets on that's a private, you know, flight, you know, service. The guy looked like NetJets, perfect hair, beautiful man. So Gretchen is on now from Big Ass Fans. And that woman... Like, people ask you, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm in marketing. Oh, where do you work? Big-ass fans. <laughs> and there's one right behind us, by the way, like on the ceiling right here. They're great. I mean, they're legitimately, it's a great product. But, like, I just love that there's Gretchen. Oh, Gretchen, who are you here with? Big-ass fans. Yeah. There you go. All right, tell your story. I'm sorry. You interrupted my my mattress Mac story for, for that. that? I, I I agree with you. Huh? I'm um, I'm with Dan on that one. Oh, that was weak sauce. So so we so we practiced when I was coaching the Nuggets and John Lucas was the assistant coach. We practiced at the tennis center, and he uh, so he was there and he knew that I was into horse racing. He said, uh, "Hey, you want to go out to the racetrack and see my horses?" 
I said, absolutely. So after practice was over, I jumped in his car, and he absolutely loves the horse racing game. Loves it, which makes me love him. But what I like <laughs> even more about him is his his good deeds. I mean, when the, when the hurricanes hit Houston... Yeah. He opened up his his furniture store and let people sleep on the beds and in the recliners. Uh, he's 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 just he's real just a really gentle man. I I I yeah. I hope he cashes big time. Well, there you go. Yeah, you know when I when I was applying for our credentials for for horse racing happy hour, I was like, and uh, Dan Issel is going to be with us, and uh, Jim Gluckson literally said, "Oh, Dan Issel, you know he's he's." More of a racetracker than he is a basketball player. Jim said that? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. Big Ass Fans uh, sponsoring the Dirt Mile tomorrow, there which is uh, I thought was going to be really interesting and ended up... Well, it's still interesting, yeah. but it's not as interesting with no Jack Christopher. They should probably sponsor our show, just you know, given the makeup of our show. Call Gretchen. Call Gretchen. <laughs> see what you can get. You. See what you can get done. Hey, Louie, there is a horse. Speaking uh, of big ass, uh, the UK uh, Fish and Wildlife post game show is tomorrow with Jason Jason Ents and James Strebel. Uh, first place to take your calls, text here from Mark Stoops. Uh, Saturday afternoon, three three thirty ish. Here on six eighty one five seven and on the app. There is a horse in that big ass fans. Um, that's kind of a cool story with Cody's Wish. It is. You want to kind of tell people a little bit about the Cody Wish? Well, uh, Cody's Wish is is a horse that is named for um, for a young man who is uh, wheelchair bound and he uh, essentially this was his uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation sort of wish was to be involved in horse racing and they t- took it a step further and uh, the horse um, Cooper Hassan is calling me while I'm doing live radio and he knows I'm doing live radio okay All right, Cooper what are we doing buddy um, and so uh, the uh, I mean I can't he's even. got a hot tip for you I can't even <laughs> I just, Patino I told just him. You got you got too much going on, man. You're you're looking at you got your laptop open. You got your your phone on. I agree with you. Yeah. Cody's Wish, by the way, winner of six out of the last seven races. No, no, a, a serious wish. horse. Yeah, yeah. the a, morning line favorite is yeah. he not? And it, just you know, you want these stories to kind of cash in. You want to see that little boy uh, just beaming in the winner circle at the Breeders' Cup from his Make a Wish dream. Just who who could have ever thought it would have gone to this level? You know, I mean. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, five for five at the distance, so he'll be the seven horse in that race. But was absolutely uh, part of the, you know, part of that that make a wish uh, sort of thing. So the ownership there at Godolphin made that happen, and uh, absolutely terrific story. He's been training at uh, uh, Saratoga. Generally, that is a good place to look for form transferring to Keeneland, and so um, absolutely will be part of the uh, scenario tomorrow. Beat Jackie's Warrior last time out. Yep. Yes, I mean, he that's did. A, that's a yep. big. That's a big W. Right yes, there. he did. Yep. And so um, obviously think enough of him to put him over the two turns as well um i do like a horse my long long shot in that race is senor buscador who i gave out at you the picked Ak-Ak. him last time he ran yep. and, and what do you what do you pay he uh, was he, uh, he got down to six, six to, one. to one yeah still a good number and uh yeah he won the akak at churchill downs over the one turn mile but i do think they found out that he is absolutely a miler won the two times that he's running a mile springboard at uh, remington park then comes back in the akak in a good field uh, and wins that game the only thing i would th- i would say about your horse louis is the breeders cup mile dirt mile here at Keeneland, it's a very, very, very short run to the first turn. Yes, and your horse has the ten, the ten holes. I hear so you. Yeah. That, uh, that, that's, that's, that's not a, a that's yeah. not a great spot. I think you'll get fifteen, twenty to one on that horse. Yeah, I think what we were anticipating happening, Dan, is how many horses would choose to, to not be in the classic and go to the mile because yep. they were going to try to stay away from flight line. Really, Cyberknife's the only horse the that only made that one. decision. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. It's, 
My life was good. Probably should have. I'm, the, I, I still think. Life I think is good there's more horses in this race that are staying away from Jackie's Warrior in the than, than is sta- than is staying away from from Flight Line. I would I would totally agree with that. It was uh, it's very interesting. So, and then of course uh, we should have seen Jack Christopher in the spot, and uh, Jack Christopher was scratched. So uh, another one of the great horses we won't we won't see today, this weekend. Dan, do you have a relationship with Rex Chapman? I, I do. Do you know him? I did. Yeah. Do you have a better relationship with Wayne Chapman? Yes. <laughs> Wayne, 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 Wayne was with the Colonels uh, my rookie year. Wayne was played with the Colonels, and Rex, Rex was running around. I think he was six or seven years old running Sounds around at, right. at practice. Uh, but Rex, you talk about going off the rails. What, what's his deal? <laughs> what's his deal? He has tweeted about Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, will no, you, will, I read it. I read it. Will you read it on air? No, no, <laughs> it's sick. It is kind of sick. It's sick. So I, no, I don't want. I, I, number one, I don't want to get into politics. But politics aside, you know, whether you're a flaming liberal like Rex is or a staunch conservative, uh, what he tweeted about Nancy Pelosi makes everybody sick. All right. <laughs> He's Dan Issel. I'm Louis Rebeau. <laughs> I did my job. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> why don't you read it on air? Getting into it. Do you want me to? Sure. All right, I'm in. So that our listeners know what I'm talking about, what we're talking about. I love Nancy Pelosi. Full disclosure, like huge crush, huge from way back. Beautiful. Yeah. But big brain, big, big brain, huge confidence, sexy, personified, intimidating. And I love it. Yeah. Did I do a good job? Was that a good dramatic that was a, that was have, a you, good have you seen a picture of Nancy Pelosi recently? <laughs> I, I have, yes. Huh? Yeah, I have. Have you seen the uh, the beach pictures, Dan? No. Oh, okay. Right, just asking. I'm doing my job here. This, like, this. <laughs> I read the tweet. What do you want? <laughs> where did that come from? Where did I know where that came from? Have you been on Nancy Pelosi's <laughs> OnlyFans? <laughs> you know? Oh, man. Uh, Reminder, uh, some more programming here. Uh, The NFL all day on Sunday, starting at 12. Colts, Patriots, then Falcons, Chargers on 93.9 The Bill. Cardinals, Seahawks also on 93.9. At 4 o'clock, we'll have Chiefs Titans right here on ESPN. Or on all stations, excuse me. Uh, That's the night game there, 730 uh, on all of the Is it getting really loud in here? Yeah, I mean we're getting yeah, more that's, and more people. I mean, yeah. that's what, like, the food's well, coming out. I think that's why the food's coming out, and then you have yeah. this dome, so the sound just kind of travels back and forth. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, I yeah, it's it's ambiance. I mean, if is I it can, bothering you, Dan? Is it? Well, if 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 it's allowed to me with headphones on, it must really be loud in here. Yeah. With yeah, yeah. Avery, do you hear a lot of crowd noise? <laughs> I mean, you can tell that you guys are out, but like, it's not bad. Like, you can't really tell what anyone's saying. Just okay. that, like, there's people around. It's like trivia yeah, on Dieter sure. show. Yeah, right. ambiance and ooh. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> no, we're just waiting for Mark Blankenbaker to make an appearance. Yeah, oh, that hasn't happened yet. So <laughs> <laughs> he's got life is good tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's going great. I hope that happens actually, because then I mean they will make a half million dollars if that's the. Do you want? So you'd rather see Flightline get beat than Flightline put together an all-time performance? No, I want to see Diener work out the taxes. Oh. On that ticket. <laughs> like, that's the thing they never think about. They that's have 2,000 people to pay out. I'm more interested in horse racing and what's good for horse racing. Okay. What's well. better for horse racing, Dan? Flightline winning or Flightline getting beat? I think neither matters. Oh, I think I think it's Flightline winning. Flightline wins. <laughs> Somebody, this is, like, this is like a Picasso. Flightline wins Monday afternoon when, he, when his share is auctioned off here. 
it, it might bring that four million dollars. So at, if if a share brings four million dollars, all right, that puts his value at a hundred and sixty million dollars. What's a stud fee going to be? That's a great, you know, because uh, the the two largest ones that we've had go to stud fee recently were the two triple crown winners when uh, when uh, when uh, Pharaoh and and Justify went to stud. They were two hundred thousand. Now you have to remember they went to stud at a farm called Ash Ashford, right? Coolmore people, the Irish guys, and they breed their stallions. Uh, Two hundred and fifty. Uh, they, they'd breed a stallion three hundred times in a season. Lanes in where Flightline is going to stand. They're more conservative. There was a time that a, a, a stallion was only bred to about forty five, forty six mares a year. Oh wow! Uh, that was that was you had forty shares, and and the farm got four shares for standing the horse, and there you usually gave the trainer one, maybe the jockey one. So they would only breed for forty. Then Coolmore came along and said, "Why, why? Well, I mean, we'll breed a horse if, if the mare's ready. We'll breed a horse at three Pharaoh o'clock like in the morning. Sixty times the first time, first class or something. No, it was over two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but what I was getting ready like to say, two hundred thousand dollars a pop. Yeah. What what I get what what I was getting ready to say is Lanes End is a more conservative farm, and they usually breed their stallions to about a hundred and forty mares a year, and so that will make Flightline half a million dollars even even you know even more valuable because uh, you know there won't be two hundred and fifty little Flightlines running around out there. Dan, what was your stud fee? <laughs> It was it was private. They didn't even they didn't <laughs> they didn't sale. they didn't advertise. They couldn't advertise it. It was a private fee. My, my my point more is about what could draw fans in. Right? Is there a chance we have World Series Game Six on Saturday? We got Georgia Tennessee. Is there a chance that Flightline could be the third story on Sports Center? Oh yeah, uh, maybe out outside outside of here, outside of Kentucky. He may not even be the third story. I agree. Yeah, and that's that's what's disappointing, I guess. I mean, yeah, from a sport. I, I perspective. think you're talking about like what's better for the horse sport. racing. The sport, yes. I don't think it matters. Yeah, which is you know, I don't think it matters. Yeah. Now, if the Triple Crown winners here, like we had with with Pharaoh. American Pharaoh, that's different. I think that's a different conversation, and I think it does matter because people watched him all spring. When horse racing actually pops up on NBC and people are paying attention on those Saturdays, but I think because of the nature of who Flightline is, not having run in those races, late bloomer, late bloomers are are death Air, yeah. death for horse racing TV. They just yeah. are. Arrogates was the same way. Yes, correct. And so I just I, for me, do I want to watch them romp tomorrow? Of course I do. I mean that's why we're here. That's why we watch this sport. We want to we want to see the the once in a lifetime kind of horse. Of course we do. But for the sport itself, I don't. I don't think it changes much. Yeah. So the bigger story, like if he runs at one fifty eight yeah. mile and a quarter, the bigger story would be the huge payout on the pick six than the one fifty eight. <laughs> Which I mean, what would be a bigger story? I, I think Scott Van Pelt will talk about the payout on the pick six and not flightline. Okay. I, I think I unfortunately agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I'm not trying to be a downer at all. I no, just I'm trying no. to be realistic no, about I, what, what I, this is and what we do. Hey, that's you know there there are a lot of distractors when it comes to, check to, to this to this sport.
I mean, it's sure. uh, you know, it's hard. Young people, they they want to be, they they want to have constant action. You know, to wait twenty five or thirty minutes between a race. You know, that probably blows what ninety percent of the younger population out of the water right there. I totally disagree with that point. Actually, I think it gives you more action than other Boy, sports. You're, I'll tell you what, you're really. A, a, Negative this morning. I disagree. Just, no, I disagree get forty-eight hours with everything. Of that. Uh, well, I, you, I, can I talk? <laughs> so the no, I think it's actually more attractive to young people because you get more bets. Like you bet a football game, you got to wait four hours for the thing to end, and you get one to one on your money. Horse racing is every twenty-five minutes. You can get ten to one every every twenty-five minutes. Yeah, I think he, it's way more attractive. I, I'll I'll tell you what. You go to Churchill Sunday afternoon. And you tell me what the what the median age is in the grandstand. I understand, Dan. What I'm saying is, if you don't expose people to it, of course they're not going to know about it. Uh, more people bet on cricket than bet on the NFL, but I don't bet on cricket because yeah. I don't know bleep about it. That that's that's a different conversation. The exposure to the sport is different. The ability to make more money per bet to bet is absolutely the case. That's absolutely factual. Yeah, I think that's actually been kind of shown with the demographics of our podcast. Of our podcast, absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, we were killing it with a eight, with a lower age group, uh, mainly because I think we try to make horse racing approachable, right. and we're not completely in the weeds. Um, and there's we had a huge young demographic on that show. Yeah. I mean, especially really? in the spring, seventy that surprises seventy five percent of our listeners were under the age of forty five. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, we've just seen it with our numbers, and we've yeah. seen it with who interacts with the show and, and all those things, and you know who buys the hats and the cups and all that kind of stuff. And and so it's it and is, even some of our guests that we've had on, they've, they've all been in their low twenties. A lot of them got uh, these guys who have just gone all in and been passionate about horse racing. Well, yeah. maybe the future's brighter than I think. I think all these things go in cycles, right? Um, and I think, do you think our generation is as passionate about the NFL as our dad's generation was? Yes, more. <laughs> I agree with Zach. I think Zach's it's way no. less. Yeah, I think it's way less. I think the generation, be- well, the gen- I guess it depends. Are you, do you f- consider yourself an Xer? I'm right on the right on the line yeah. there, yeah. I, I think, think I'm the last year of X. I think millennials don't give at all, you know, don't care. But, okay, maybe that's yeah. what I'm getting at. Yeah, I think younger than me, people care less, yeah. Yeah, I think so, that's probably true. Yeah. Our producer is nodding, so yeah, yeah I think it was kind of the case there. But um, I think that you know one of the things that could have happened with with the pandemic was when viewership and attendance went down. It was it wasn't until this year that we saw those things spike back up, and I think that was a legitimate turn going forward. But I think that we've seen some of those things come back to normalcy this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. All right, reset the show. Isla and Louie here. We are at Keeneland in the sales ring, uh, hanging out with you. Breeders' Cup today, taking you up till noon. We'll have picks with Pat at eleven. Uh, we'll do some handicapping at eleven thirty. And then um, we will be here again tomorrow, 11 to noon. Uh, more of a horse racing happy hour style show tomorrow. Um, first and hour thank of the show. You, thank you for including me in that. You're, I know you're that. thanking the wrong person. Don't look at him. Oh, oh thank sweet you. God. <laughs> thank you, Zach, for including That's me right. in that. That's <laughs> right. That, was that better? Yeah. <laughs> so Dan had to pick up the, the credentials, and he referred to it as he would pay me back. He'd make me pay back. Yeah, that, that's, this is my life, people. Everyone, uh, Turn on your nice. mileage. It's nice. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Mike did drive for me this morning because my eye is just, it's its not good. What's wrong with your eye? So I have a thing where about three times a year, four times a year, my eyelid sticks to my eyeball while I sleep. Ooh. And then when I wake up, it rips off part of the eyeball. And I had that this morning. What causes that? Uh, dryness. Eye dryness. 
Yeah. Do you take drops all the time? I do in the morning. Yeah. 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 So uh, I drove to Mike's house and then I got out to open the back of the car and Zach was like, "Hey, Mike, you're driving us to Keeneland." <laughs> so and then, I, then I almost killed us on the way. <laughs> and then you almost killed us driving it. One, one small oh. little incident that almost happened. That <laughs> luckily, I have lightning quick reflexes and avoided. So. Oh man! Yeah. First hour of the show brought to you by our friends at Kentucky Tourism and KentuckyTourism.com. I was uh, emailing with the, uh, the the ladies over there yesterday. They do have if you are coming out to Breeders' Cup, they have a very good section on the website about what to expect when you get down here to Lexington. Um, they've even put up their Churchill Downs section because we will be getting back to Churchill on Sunday. Yep. Um, yep. Ran there yesterday, of course. But they have everything set up uh, for Horse Mania, the Breeders' Cup Festival, the Tandy Park Takeover, all of those things associated with Breeders' Cup here in Lexington. Check that out at KentuckyTourism.com. On the other end, we will do our very last segment of Picks with Pat <laughs> with Pat Jaggers here on 680-1057. Welcome back. To Dan Issel and Louis Rabot on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Dan and Louis. And welcome back, Issel and Louis, coming to you from gorgeous Keeneland Racecourse oh. on this terrific Friday Breeders' Cup Day. And an, uh, you're right? I, I don't know. I, I, Whoa, Dan, you okay? Yeah, my tongue got in front of my eye teeth, and I couldn't see what I was saying. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, Do you need me okay. to talk now? A reminder. <laughs> <laughs> what was that statement? A reminder. Do I have to do this six times with you this week? Delta Dental of Kentucky is uh, the, the sponsor. Whether of you're looking of for dental coverage or for your employees or an individual or family policy, Delta Dental of Kentucky has you covered with a nationwide network of dentists. Plus, they offer Delta Vision, a comprehensive vision plan through VSP. Enrolling in a dental or vision plan is easy. Just call 1-800-955-2030, or you can always visit them online at ky.deltadental.com. And now, sadly, it's time for our last pick with Pat. The final picks with Pat brought to our friend, brought to you by our friends at Chef's Cut Pizza. Five ninety nine lunch special, happy hour all day on Sunday. Try that hot brown pizza. Zach and I had one a couple days ago. Still very delicious. Check them out. Yeah, Order you were kind, drives you were kind we'll, enough to send me a picture. <laughs> a free one too, baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no charge I didn't on that get one. To Let's taste go. it. I just oh, got to. I just, just got look to at it. See it. <laughs> <laughs> hey Pat, how are you, buddy? I'm good, fellas. I wish I was there right now to see what you guys are wearing. I'm really <laughs> curious to see what Dan Issel's wearing. I want to know what Mike Gandolfo's wearing. I want to know what Louis Rabot's wearing. I figured well, you guys would be out a picture. Let me give you the play-by-play right now. Dan looks like a six-foot-nine Mormon. <laughs> Louis and I are both wearing tennis shoes and khakis, yeah, so we are like wearing the complete yeah. dad outfit. Yeah, so that's totally. what you got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I am wearing my brand. horse racing vest. Can I share with you the good news? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the Mormon oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. What's the good news, man? <laughs> We're drinking coffee, so that doesn't quite work out. <laughs> All right, Avery, hit it. On Fridays, we talk football. Oh, football Friday. And some might even call us experts. Let's go pee! <laughs> so let's do the damn thing. Let's go! Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. We're let's do it, it brother. Jack. Here's Picks with Pat, presented by Chef's Cut Pizza. By the way, real quick, I'm going to Chef's Cut 
today. Let's How about go. That? There you go. There you go. On a Friday. Love it. How about that? <laughs> Excited to go out there and meet Chef today. Going to have some people over. Going to be the last shindig with the boys. Nice. Uh, Perfect. Gonna, yeah, going to get hammered and eat some uh, hot brown pizza. So <laughs> That's how you do that. That's the place to do it. <laughs> is it? 100%. All right, fellas, let's start off. With uh, a little underwhelming game, in my opinion, uh, Wake and NC State. Okay. Uh, this one, for me, fellas, we've got a lot of good ones here. I, a lot of games really interesting. I feel like this was a tougher week to really pick because a lot of these teams are kind of in similar places in terms of what's happened recently. Some teams kind of turn the page looking for some momentum. But Wake and NC State, Wake is favored by four in this contest. So, look, no one predicted Sam Hartman to struggle the way he did last week, right? And NC State's defense has been elite, uh, even though, you know, they don't have a quarterback, right? Like, they're still, they're still trying to figure out what the hell they do past Devin Leary. But this defense has been the strength. They've really relied on them. They're only giving up 17 points per contest. But for me, guys, when I look at this one, it comes down to NC State's offense. And I really have no faith in them, especially after that embarrassing, even though it was a win, that was embarrassing over a terrible Virginia Tech team. They won, but that was a disgraceful football game. I'm sorry. That was <laughs> god-awful. So here's what I'm doing. Give me Sam Hartman, man. I think he bounces back. I know NC State's going to bring the pressure. I know they're going to do all they can to kind of emulate what Louisville did, but I think Hartman bounces back this week, and I just think this comes down to offenses, and the team that has the better offense is Wake, and I just don't think NC State can move the football or score. Like I said, they only won by one against the worst team in the ACC, VT, so I'm going definitely with Wake here, and and not only do they win, they'll cover as well. I'm a little disappointed to see this game and not see Notre Dame-Clemson because if Notre Dame beats Clemson, it just solidifies that the ACC is by far the worst power five conference <laughs> in college football because Notre Dame was already crushed. Well, give, the, give that, But I'm going to go with Wake here, no okay. doubt about it. I think Wake uh, is going to take take care of the, uh, North Carolina. I agree with you. I think that they, they're not going to do the same thing week to week. I think Sam yeah. Hartman's too good for that. <laughs> I think the, the turnover thing with Louisville will come back to earth at some point. Um, and I think uh, the same thing for Wake here. There's no way they're turning the ball over. Half a dozen eight, times, or eight, like yeah, that, so. turning it over eight times, getting sacked eight times. Uh, surely they've watched the film. Right. They've figured out what they uh, were and weren't doing against U of L. I mean, uh, we got to give U of L's defense some credit here. I mean, they they caused some of those turnovers. It wasn't just mistakes made by Wake Forest, yeah. but. But I agree with Patty. Uh, I mean, North Carolina State. Where where's the offense going to come from? So right. I'll I'll take uh, I'll take Wake and give the six points as well. All right, fellas, next game here. Let's go ahead and get to Louisville James Madison. Let's go ahead and get that one out of the way since we did just bring up the cards and what they did last week. Uh, the cards are a seven-point favorite. I heard this this morning, and then I looked it up. I Like, what, 90% of the money is, is on James Madison to cover that number right now? I don't know if you guys saw that or not, but I thought that was pretty ridiculous uh, because James Madison, they've been really good this year, guys. They've only given up two games of 100 rushing yards or more this season. The defense is legit, but you got to ask yourself, have they played a Power 5 team this year? No, they have not. And my thing is, don't get me wrong, they got the big one over App State, but of late, they've looked really, really human. I mean, don't get me wrong, I mean, we should never say that about a James Madison team, but this team was putting up some gaudy numbers to start the year in terms of their defense, and of late, they, they struggled against Georgia Southern, lost that one, and I think this comes down to really, in my opinion, you know, Louisville. 
this was a, this is a it reeks of a letdown game for multiple reasons. You t- you face Clemson next week. You just knocked off a top ten opponent the week prior. This is a game where you know what maybe Louisville looks ahead a little bit. I don't think so. I think the Cards go out there they take care of business. I think this is a Louisville defense that's executing on a level that really just no offense has yet to figure them out or slow them down ever since they made the change to where Scott Satterfield was going to be in the meeting rooms on a daily basis helping the defense. Ever since they did that. That has essentially worked for them, and Louisville's been able to get to the quarterback consistently and be disruptive. I'm taking the cards. It reeks of a letdown game. Maybe I shouldn't, but uh, give me Louisville by 10. All right. I made the statement last week that I would pick against Louisville until after the Breeders' Cup because Mark Blankenbaker is choosing to do the James Madison pregame show instead of watching Flightline. So I will pick against the Cardinals here purely for that reason. Uh, So give me James Madison plus seven. Todd Centeno throwing the ball all over the field, dominating that defense. Um, Things come back to earth a little bit this weekend uh, because of that letdown game. I do think Louisville wins, but I think it's something like 34 to 30. When when did we think we would talk about Louisville looking over somebody, not being up? It's unbelievable. Not, not being yeah. You're up totally for, right for, That's a for, uh, for an opponent. Uh, I, I don't think that'll happen. I think L's defense is for real. Uh, and if they can do what they did to Wake Forest and Hartman, they certainly will be able to do that to James Madison. I'm going all the way with the Cardinals. I think they win by a couple touchdowns. In 2005, there was uh, UK fans wearing the Rich Brooks Farewell Tour <laughs> T-shirts. And then he beat Mississippi State, turned everything around, and and Kentucky went on a great run uh, until Rich Brooks uh, left Kentucky. I think we might be seeing the same thing right here. I think mm. I think Louisville might have had their kind of turning point and rallying point. And I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pick Louisville. I, I originally thought that James Madison would do this, but I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go Louisville here. Eat it, Blankenbecker. <laughs> <laughs> Louis literally going against all of us there. I love that. All right, next game here. Uh, we got three left. Let's go to a really interesting one. Bama LSU. Bama 13.5-point favorites. This one is so interesting, guys, because, well, really for a variety of reasons. Look, on the road in bonkers environments, this Alabama team has not looked crisp, and crowds have definitely altered this team's efficiency and their execution throughout the year. We saw it with Texas. We saw it with Tennessee. I mean, it's abundantly clear that in bonkers environments, this Alabama team, it gets to them, and they just don't look clean. They get penalties, and, and clearly they lost one of those games. They probably should have lost to Texas if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, but I digress. And let's look at LSU. Of late, they look like they've really turned a page and have gotten into a little bit of a rhythm. They put up 45 points against a Florida team and then followed that up uh, against seventh-ranked Ole Miss in a 45-20 to ass-whooping. Uh, you know, look, I'm having Whoop the hardest time with this one. Wipe that booty up. Yes, they did. I'm having the hardest time with this one, but look, I'm taking Bama. Coming off an emotional game nice. against Ole Miss, they defy the odds. This one has let down, written all over it. Give me the Crimson Tide by 15. I just, man, I just think that this is one of those games where, okay, you have an emotional win over Ole Miss and you feel like you've turned a page. Now you're going to face Alabama and Nick Saban, one of the greatest coaches ever the following week? Yeah, get out of here. I, I don't see them covering the 13 half points, guys. I just don't. That So you took LSU or Bama? He's got Bama. I got Bama. And given the 13 and a half. Yep. Okay. All right. I I agree 100%. I think that uh, I I think Bama is playing much better than they did at the beginning of the year. Uh, LSU, Kelly's got it going in the right direction. And uh, as Louie has said all along, this is a team that uh, if, if they just recruit 
Louisiana, they're going to build back quickly, but uh, they're not back this quickly. I'll, I'll take Alabama and give the 13 and a half. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'll take LSU to cover Bama to win. Uh, this is the most undisciplined Bama team that Saban's ever had. And yeah. I think that's going to probably come back and buy. I agree. I agree. Uh, I'm on the LSU train. Last two games, uh, quarterback uh, Jaden Daniels, uh, five touchdowns, no picks, um, is completing over 72% of his passes the last two weeks. Huge QBR numbers, over 84 um, against uh, 84.3 against Mississippi. At Florida, puts up a 93.7 uh, QBR, uh, just huge numbers. I think he's figured out the uh, Brian Kelly system. Uh, it is not the barnstorm that uh, that Tennessee is. I'll take the I'll take the points. I'm not calling it outright, but plus thirteen and a half, I will absolutely take. Okay, next game, fellas. This one obviously really interesting for a variety of reasons. UK Mizzou. It's even. Did you guys see this? The spread is even. A Unbelievable. Them. Yeah, it's it's a wild one, and, and I have to admit, fellas, I'm having the hardest time with this. Like when you look at these teams statistically in terms of production, points per game, twenty three point nine, dead even. When you look at points allowed per game, nineteen point nine to compare to twenty one and a half. How about that? And something else, I was looking at the QB comparison and the running back comparisons. Guys, these these dudes are equally productive. Like it's not like there's there's a a a stammering statistic that makes you feel like, okay, this one is far and beyond the the difference here that makes you believe this game's going to go one way or the other. I mean, it's just really, really hard to get a feel for this. Now, the one thing that I do think is different, though, you know, Missouri's coming off a big win over South Carolina, and South Carolina cracking the top 25, which, you know, they played some really good football, and I'm, I think we're all kind of shocked, you know, to see how the way that thing's going there this year. But regardless, fellas, I think what's interesting in this game, you have to ask yourself, which team do you feel like in this type of game where both these programs are really just looking for some type of momentum and just some type of, of efficient, clean football? I'm not sure we get that in Missouri, man. I, I think this is a get-right game for Will Levis. I think this is a get-right game for Kentucky. I think Chris Rodriguez has a really nice day. It is a coin flip, but give me the Cats by three. I agree with essentially everything Pat just said. I think these are the teams that Will Levis actually plays well against. Um, I would buy the three. Um, I would play play Kentucky to win 24-20, that kind of number. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, I I would play them at that kind of number. I would buy the three. Uh, So give me Kentucky by about four. Yeah, I'm going to go with Kentucky. I cannot believe this game is even. I mean, in in just a short period of of two or three weeks, we've gone from this team, you know, winning – Nine, ten games, going to a New Year's Day Bowl, to uh, the oh, mu- they lose here, man. The Music City Bowl, and they're even with Missouri. I mean, this uh, this is really this season has really fallen apart. I I think when you think of SEC running backs, do you think of Cody Schrader, five nine? <laughs> Danisol, that picture. Does that look like an SEC running back to you? No. Okay. It looks like an SEC cheerleader, as a matter of fact. <laughs> um, Those things are jacked. So. But uh, but I was gonna say, don't don't dismiss. Yeah, I, I and I, I have no I, I have no idea why, other than and and I said last week, I, I think it's it's become obvious that Kentucky will never be at the top level of the SEC. They're never going to be in in the in the neighborhood of Georgia, Alabama, but they're better than this. So I'll take Kentucky beating Missouri. Uh, yeah, listen, 
I don't think it just matters uh, if Kentucky wins. That it's how they win. They've got to be electric, or people are going to start watching basketball and basketball only. Yep. I mean, they're going to they could lose their fan base in this game, and they could yeah. win and lose their fan base. So uh, Kentucky needs to go out and have a massive performance here, mm. and I think they will. Mm. Um, I think uh, that we're going to get a Cats win. All right, last game, fellas. My favorite of the week, Georgia, Tennessee. The Dogs, an eight-point favorite. Uh, this wow. one, yeah, that, that number is really interesting to me. I'm a big believer in Tennessee and Hidden Hooker, and he's by far the best quarterback Georgia has played. But I would be nuts to think that Kirby Smart doesn't have something up his sleeve for these Tennessee wide receivers, man. He's, he is an old-school cornerback. This guy is a, a, a defensive back by heart. This is going to be the most physical corners Tennessee has seen at the line of scrimmage. And I think Kirby, that's his game plan, man. I think that they plan on irritating the hell out of these wide receivers at the line of scrimmage, getting extremely physical with them. And I think that essentially takes them out of the game. Just enough to slow down Hidden Hooker. You know, once again, I expect that to be a big part of, of Kirby's game plan, and I think it will slow him down just enough to cover the spread. Uh, I'm gonna, There's no way that Georgia's beating ten, Tennessee by eight. I mean, I think uh, Georgia could win this game. But Tennessee, that's all they needed. They're number one in the uh, first college football rankings. They needed someone to disrespect them with this line. They're going to come out, and they're going to answer the call. It's going to help them refocus. We, we say this all the time. Isn't it amazing the difference uh, between what the pollsters think, what, what the championship committee thinks, and what Las Vegas thinks? Right. I mean, supposedly Tennessee's the number one team in the country. They are the number one ranked team in the championship, in the first championship uh, selection. CFP rankings. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yep. Uh, you get three points for playing at home. So that says Vegas thinks that Georgia would beat Tennessee by five at a, at a neutral site. Uh, it, it just I, – I agree with Mike, though. Eight points is just too many. Now, unlike Kentucky, Hyatt's not going to be open by 25 yards against against Georgia's defense. But eight points against the number one team in the country, that's too much. I'll, I, I expect Georgia to win. I don't think they'll win by eight. Sit next to my guy Danny Brewer here. He's in from Tennessee, and he's about to hit punch me because I think – Georgia does cover. Oh, I, I think this Eight is one points? of those. Absolutely, I think, they win. I think it's like thirty-one twenty-one. That kind of that kind of game. When they care about the game, Georgia dominates teams, and I think that's what we're going to see this weekend. This isn't Oregon. I, this is Tennessee. I, I, I think you're going. To, <laughs> I think you're going to see that defense show up, and they're going to have something for Josh Heupel this weekend. I think they're pissed off, fellas. I mean, I think that's. I the think big they thing. feel disrespected. Yes, we I, talked about Tennessee yeah. feeling disrespected by a Vegas line. Who gives a bleep about that? They're not number one in the CFP rankings. Georgia won the title last year. They're undefeated so far this season. I think they show up in an unbelievably huge way this weekend. And everything that we doubted Georgia on, guys, they followed up. Stetson Bennett has Stetson Bennett has gotten drastically better. I mean, he might as well be better the way people are disrespecting him this year. I mean, no, I mean, no one's really giving this guy his due, right? Yeah, he's so boring. Uh, but, yeah, he's very good, yes. I mean, that's the thing. He's played better football this year. This team is better overall. When you look at this defense statistically, yeah, it doesn't have all the NFL draft picks on it did last year, but it's just as efficient. It's unbelievable. 
So, I mean, I'm with you. I think Dejan Edwards is a a terrific running back. I think he's going to have a very boring five and a half yards of carry kind of game against Tennessee, and I think they're just going to – I think they're just going to wear him down. I think we're going to find out that Tennessee is very good, but they are one or two seasons away from being the top team in the country. Pat, I have a quick question. I know you're a big uh, Indianapolis Colts fan. Yes, sir. Uh, Do do you think Chris Harris will be the next offensive coordinator? (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, boy. You know what? You know what's funny about that? Like, we all we all made fun of Nick Sirianni for being an absolute dope in those press conferences when he took the, the, the Eagles job, but come to find out, he was uh, Frank Wright's mastermind all along. How about that? Cheese and rice. That dude's killing it down there, and the Colts are god-awful, dude. I, guys, don't touch the Colts in betting anymore, dude. I thought Sam Ellinger would score a touchdown last week. They fired their offensive coordinator, playing like a bunch of bums. They've got the Patriots this week, also playing like a bunch of bums. I got no idea what the hell to do with that game. So I don't, I don't have a bonus pick for you. Do want to ask you guys one thing, though. Mike, you brought it up. Yeah, Clemson. Cool. I think Clemson-Notre Dame is worth talking about. Yeah. Clemson-Notre yeah. Dame, what do you guys think? What's the line? Three and a half. Clemson. I think that's right on the number. I think way. it's really good. Yeah, that's listen, a really good number. This Notre Dame offense is starting to figure it out a little bit. Sure. Uh, they definitely have got to adjust with Brian Kelly not being there and more of it being um, on the OC. Uh, Ian, it's not. Who's the – it's Ian. Is it Ian? I can't remember who the OC is for Notre Dame. That's terrible. But I'm, I'm going I'm to say Notre Dame wins because I think the ACC is terrible. I um I this reeks of twenty four twenty Clemson, hmm. boring. Yep, Tommy Reese field goals. I I, I, I would I, play, I would pick Clemson just because I think Clemson is getting better as the season I agree has that. has gotten better as the season gone along. I'm not so sure Notre Dame has. And if it doesn't yeah. work, if it doesn't work for Uigalele, he's not afraid to go to the to the freshman now. He's not afraid to pull that trigger. No, so no. So they can make it, yeah. a change in, in game in, in a hard that beat. other teams can't make. Yeah, so, so uh, I'll go Clemson. Who you got, Patty? I'm going to go Clemson as well just for that exact same reason, Dan. I just think that they have a quarterback they feel like can move the football if DJ Uingalewi has a down day. I mean, that's the thing. When you're Clemson, and this is what Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson have done, when they have a question mark on their, on their team or on their roster, they got a hole somewhere, they got a five-star answer, you know? Mm, mm. All right, so, yep. Pat, tell us your plans here. Um, when are when are you leaving town? Did you hire someone to move your bleep? Um, are you making a bunch of guys pack up your apartment houses working? So this is a big deal. Uh, we're working on getting a deal done with the company here locally. Uh, we're hoping to uh, get all that figured out today. That's a, a big task for me and uh, one of our sales <laughs> extraordinaires here trying to get that done uh okay. but i don't leave i'm actually not going to move to like the the 19th or the 20th so we have time you know God, okay. yeah yeah we have we have plenty of time i got to get my first paycheck from nascar to be able to afford all this stuff <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the big thing uh you know that that that's the big thing because they have been they've been awesome man nascar has been fantastic in terms of like the, the relocation package i have but guess what i'll get that to my first paycheck and guess what that comes the 18th so <laughs> I, I will say that that is really nice my first day is the 14th um packing everything up is going to go really smooth uh you know the company that i i believe that is going to be helping me out um they've been awesome and we're hoping to get this done today before uh the day is over with so it's kind of a stressful process but we're ready for it i know tonight um i'm gonna get beyond hammered out of shays and jeff around nine o'clock so if you're gonna be there um a bunch of buddies of mine a bunch of people are gonna be out there i think a few guys from the station are coming out as well there's gonna be a lot of young there but you you won't feel out of place because you never know who's gonna stop by in jeffersonville and grab a drink at o'shea so uh that's where we're gonna be tonight that's the move and uh, i've got 60 beers to get rid of the apartment so the boys are gonna help me get rid of 
get rid of those, and uh, we're going to show up to the bar drunk. That's the move. Well, Pat, we I, I, I can't tell you how happy we are for yep. you. Totally. I, I know I know this is your passion, uh, and we're we're so thrilled that you're going to go and and do something that you love. Uh, but we're going to miss you, buddy. Uh, we're going to miss you a lot. But uh, good luck, and and you know. Call in every once in a while. Yes, sir. I mean, if, if I'll tell you one thing. If Louisville looks like a bunch of bums, I'm definitely calling in on Monday. Uh, that, that is for sure. But, uh, fellas, you guys have a good show. Appreciate the opportunity. It's been a blast. Appreciate Chef for uh, sponsoring the segment as well. Chef's Cuts Pizza. Can't wait to get out there today. Figured with the last segment, might as well go out there and get some pizza around lunchtime. So I'm going to go out there, grab some pizza, bring it back, and we're going to chow here at the station. Awesome. Uh, so uh, that, that's what I'm going to do today. And, and, fellas, you guys have a great show. All right. Thanks, Pat. Again, he mentioned it. Chef's Cut Pizza Corner of UPS Drive and LaGrange Road, the five ninety nine lunch special. And, of course, you can try that hot brown pizza during their all-day happy hour on Sunday. Yeah. 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 Go Dan, check, is, Dan go, is a fan. Go check it out. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely I am. Just an I, easy place to hang out. I even, nice like, I even liked it, the picture. <laughs> I didn't even get to taste it, and I like the picture. That was the best version of that pizza I've had, too. Zach and I got the best hot brown. Like, it was, there was something about that one that was just the very best. All right, uh, Avery, let's take a little bit of an early break here. When we come back, we will do the actual horse racing thing that we came here to do. We will talk about some of the races today, probably get into some of the races uh, tomorrow. Uh, reminder, the second half of the show brought to you by our friends at Delta Dental of Kentucky. Individual plans, plans for your family, uh, maybe for your employees, uh, nationwide network of dentists. They do offer vision plans through VSP. Find all of that at ky.deltadental.com. On the other end, we'll talk handicapping here on 680 105.7. You're listening to Dan Issel and Louis Rabot on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Dan and Louis. All right, welcome back in. Final segment here on a Friday. Hanging out with you live from Keeneland for Breeders' Cup, Issel and Louie, 680-1057. Taking you up to Bobby V at noon, and then you'll get the first take at 3. Inside Churchill Downs will follow them at 6 o'clock right here on 680-1057. Reminder that uh, Kentucky does play a football game tomorrow, um, whatever version of football that is. Uh, they will have the U.K. Po- uh, Fish and Wildlife postgame show, excuse me, the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame show, right around 3, 3.30 here on 680-1057 and on the app. And a reminder, too, from our friends at UPS Jobs today and tomorrow, hiring event at UPS Jobs, 8203 National Turnpike, or visit upsjobs.com to learn more and apply today. Long-term success starts at UPS. Day shift workers at Louisville Worldport make up to $20 an hour, plus tuition assistance and advancement opportunities. UPS Jobs hiring event this Friday, today and tomorrow, 8203 National Turnpike. I cannot say enough good things about the folks over at UPS. Dan Louis, such a pro. Yes. I no. mean, he wasn't even sitting here 20 seconds ago. I know. He comes, he comes back from brushing his teeth, sits right down, puts his hat on. I took a uh, League of Their Own style piss just now. I like, mean, seriously? I mean, like, oh, yeah. Yeah? Like every drop of coffee exited my body at once. And then he just sits down, puts puts the horse racing happy hour hat on, does the read. I mean, it was that was it was really impressive. No, he's, 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 a, he's pro. a pro. There's no, no question about it. We are, we're being he nice has, to you for the first he time. He has found his niche. I'm waiting for the other shoe no, to fall No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Nope. Can you believe how beautiful it is? It's unbelievable. I mean, the, yeah, s- this is there's it. not a cloud it's in the sky. It's 
It's approaching 70 degrees. It's perfect. We're not leaving the sales ring, though. Right? Absolutely we're, perfect. We're, we're going to no, stay right I'm, here, right? No, I'm walking over. <laughs> You're talking about walking I'm walking over. over. Listen, Dan's going to ditch us as quick as he can. He's out of here. So. <laughs> oh, man. So, by the way, uh, just because this is a crossover with the Horse Racing Happy Hour, I want to mention our friends at Green Sheet Racing, greensheetracing.com. I've got a... Um, Two uh, features this weekend, Friday and Saturday. I've got my, both days. I got Turf Pick Three in today, a long shot in every Breeders' Cup race, both today and tomorrow. And I've got the All Turf Pick Four tomorrow because Listen. I am trying to avoid Flight Line in one of those sequences and try to so get, yeah, get yeah. a little value on the on the grass. But tomorrow. if you hit the Juvenile Turf today, Pick Three, that's that's pretty awesome. We were talking about that. Oh, I, right. I, 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 I think mean, that's impressive. During the break, we were talking about that. How hard that is that's because so hard. Uh, going five, five and a half, six furlongs. All these European horses have been running on a straightaway, yeah. and and these races are around a turn here at Keeneland. And so, I, I European yeah. horses never won this race. Three. That's six. what Mike said. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah and, uh, very, Wesley Ward dominates the race. I, very I, interesting. I appreciate that there's a morning line maker here, but I'll let Mike introduce the race. Now, now let me ask you a question. You talked about the. Uh, the all turf uh yeah. the all turf pick three is a three dollar wager. today it's three dollar wager yep. oh, oh, what wow. about the what about the uh pick four 50 cents tomorrow 50 cents very tomorrow approachable for the, okay so i have right. a 27 ticket today and a 60 ticket tomorrow got it all got right it. so we're going to talk about race six which is the first breeders cup race of the day today by the way for all the listeners out there this is the the day of the future stars so this is all two-year-old racing today uh in the breeders cup juvenile turf sprint again the European horse is going straight, or been going straight, so they're going to take a turn for the first time. Uh, this is a grade one. There's a million dollars on the line. Uh, Louis, I have a feeling that who you're going to pick here, but I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. Um, do you want to go ahead? I think, I think you like the two horse, Love Reigns. I do love uh, Love Reigns here, the two times that she's uh, run here in the United States. She's won both of those first going um, here at the Keeneland Turf, uh, over the turf course here, five and a half furlongs, a bucko two. Um, in her maiden win, tried around that straight line in the Queen Mary at, at Ascot Dan, and it just didn't work out for her. She kept looking for the turn. If you go back and watch the race, she's <laughs> looking for the turn. Never comes, so she never really gets her full kick. What's interesting is she still finished fourth, uh, beaten by three lengths, so it wasn't a bad show at all. Comes back, wins at Saratoga immediately. Next time out in a uh, listed stakes in the landing listed there. Um, and so I think that is your, your horse to beat here. I do like a horse on the outside. If Speedboat Beach can get um, their their speed back from that Del Mar form, from that Santa Anita form, won both races um, that it, uh, uh, that uh, she's been in, excuse me, or that he has been in, excuse been me. In, That's yeah. right. Uh, Flavian gets back aboard, uh, was there for the uh, for the maiden special weight win. If the horse breaks well, it's been training really, really well at Santa Anita. Um, if, you know, if that form shows up, I mean, five furlong workout the other day, five, 58 and two. Mm-hmm. If, that, if that speed shows up, up in this race the horse can absolutely win even from the 11 hole um and tyler's tribe is my long shot in this race the 10 been running on dirt at prairie meadows one of the fastest two-year-olds in the country gelded son of sharp azteca it would be one of the great stories of this day if this horse jumps up yeah, and wins today sure. just one of those small operations i mean to be fair and a horse for 34 g's in iowa that's a lot of money i, I think i think i've read someplace where there are there there this year the year that that uh, tyler's tribe was was bred there were only like 155 horses bred in the state of Iowa, wow. sure. as opposed to you know tens of thousands here in, in yeah. Kentucky. So the interesting thing about him too is never run without Lasix, and so you yep. watch all these other horses in this field have run without Lasix, anticipating this kind of race, right? This kind of field, and so you know it is. It's one of those things where. We're trying to figure out if he's going to be able to adjust to it. I think that he, he's got a serious shot again. That was the um, the 10 Tyler's Tribe. Um, I think the, the, the European favorite is going to be the 12, the Platinum Queen. 
has done all of her best running over straight line races and in fact has done all of her running over straight line races i'll lean on the americans here because that's uh, been the form here and i'll lean on love reigns i'm going to shorten up the ticket real real tight and just use her and irad ortiz okay. i'll be actually shocked if we don't see um love reigns go off as the favorite instead i think we're gonna I see agree a with flip you. and i think uh the the thing you said about speedboat beach which is super fascinating to me. 104 speed figure, first time out, and that's when Flavian and Lash re- uh, rode this horse. I mean, this horse has a potential. If that speed shows up, it shouldn't even be close. Dan, who do you like? Uh, I, I am going to buck the trend. I'm going to say a European horse wins this race for cool. the first time. I, I like the Platinum Queen. Uh, 12 hole is not ideal. But, guys, this is a two-year-old filly. Now, two-year-olds in in this country, two-year-olds never run against older horses. Uh, In Europe, they do. Uh, The last time out, she won a grade one at Longchamp against older horses as a two-year-old. If you go back two, three starts ago in the uh, Northrop, she ran second to Highfield Prince, and Highfield uh, Princess, rather, Highfield Princess is going to be one of the choices in in the, the turf sprint tomorrow. Right. And she ran second to her. I, I don't think, um, I mean, just the, the fact that a two-year-old beat older horses, I, I've got to go with the Platinum Queen. Of course, the big knock there is can she make the turn because she's yep. gone straight the no, whole time. No, so that's, right. And will she break quickly from the 12th? Holly, Absolutely. Is Holly, D- Holly Doyle. You yeah, got the whole back Flew her in there. for several horses. You know, yeah. Holly Doyle. Yep. Okay, the, uh, the next Breeders' Cup race today is the NetJets Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. This is a grade one. This is the Oaks Prep, uh, the first Oaks Prep, I guess. At, uh, well, it's not the first Oaks Prep, but it's the first major Oaks Prep. Uh, we have a mile on the 16th here. We've got some horses going two turns. Uh, for the first time, but some that have gone two turns before. Uh, Louis, who do you uh, like in this? You know, race? we keep hearing about Chop Chop, who ran second behind Wonder yep. Wheel um, in this race, or excuse me, in the Alcibiades here at Keeneland. I do like when horses have uh, experience over a track, over the course that they're going to be running. You get that right back here with Chop Chop, the seven, four to one on the line. I think eventually that horse will go off down something like five to two yep. uh, because of the connections there between Cox and Rosario. Two of them hitting at 27% the last 11 runs here at Keeneland, 30% overall the last year and a half or so. You know, Chocolate Gelato's coming in from New York, and I think she's a worthy 7-2 favorite here. Wins the um, the Frazette. The only issue with some of these races, you know, it's over wet go, Dan, and it's over one turn at Aqueduct, right? That mile course at Aqueduct is a one-turn mile, and so will she like the two turns? She's never gone two turns. One of the things that we don't get in the form, Dan, is you know, if a horse goes a mile, they consider it a route race. Mm, yeah. But at Aqueduct, at Belmont, at Churchill Downs, that's a one-turn run, right? right? And it's Saratoga now. Right. And so Interesting to see if she wants to do it's the kind two of a turns. turn and a half at Saratoga. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, like it is at Ellis or what have you. And so I, you know, for me, it'll be interesting. She is a practical joke, so it makes sense that she would be able to get the two turns. Right. Uh, no problem. Candy ride on the bottom. You know, no issue there. So can I rank her well enough for that to happen? I just, you know, because of her running style, I'm going to lean toward a Chop Chop who's going to be coming from off the pace. My sense is there's going to be a little bit too much pace up front here, and she's going to be able to pick it off. I'll go with the seven Chop Chop on top. I do think that Chocolate Gelato will run a good race. It is interesting, Wonder Wheel, who won, this, won the Elcibiades um, and ran second behind Leave No Trace and in seven, uh, seven Furlongs at, in the spinaway at Saratoga, isn't going to get a lot of love here, but I will lean on Chop Chop in this one. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on the same horse, although I will say this is one 
one of the tougher races, I thought. I agree. I, I, I thought of today. I thought there were many, many different directions you could go uh, in this race, but I am going to go with Chop Chop as, as well. Uh, Brad Cox, of course, uh, always one to pay attention to. First two uh, starts on the grass, uh, but then uh, in the uh, Alcibiades, uh, was way out of it early in, in a, on a track that was favoring speed. Uh, it was a step slow to start and got beat a nose by Wonder Wheel, who will be one of the choices here as well. So uh, in a very tough field, uh, I'll go with Chop Chop. This is where I think you're going to see the first long shot hit, and this is going to be the eight atomically is who I'm going to lean on. I like where Pletcher places horses. He's got Saez aboard. He's one over two turns um, already. Um, I'm going to go with a little bit of a price and go with atomically. Mm. What's the number on that horse? Uh, right now, 12 to 1. No, no the, the uh, 8. Sorry, the 8 horse. Yeah, okay. eight. Very good. All right. Just for people listening, I've gotten texts before like, hey, I'm, I'm sitting at home. I don't have the form in front of me. Can well, you tell yeah. me the numbers? I mean, why would you not just sit around and have the, I would have the form in my car? By the way, if Raging C, the 14, had not drawn the 14, I'd feel a lot better about that horse. I think she's just going to have a lot of work to do from the outside. Ran third by a neck in that Alcibiades was really good uh, under Jose Ortiz. Picks up Flavian Pratt here in that race. Be interesting to see if she can uh, get to the first turn. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now we're going to go back to the turf. This is the Breeders' Cub Juvenile Phillies turf. Uh, it is a $1 million race, grade one, a mile on the turf, two turns here. Um, Louis, we're going to start maybe seeing some European influence on this. I thing. absolutely think we will. I think that Meditate is probably um, going to go off as the favorite here, Aiden O'Brien, Ryan Moore. Um, and and I, I think a worthy favorite here. She's been running um, in some good company in Group 1s. Uh, you know, and, and I think she's going to avoid some of those horses that she ran into at Kerrigan at Newmarket um, is my favorite here uh, in this one. Uh, the, the 10 horse. The 9 horse is really interesting to me. Delight <clears throat> coming out of the Jessamine. Wins the Jessamine here over this course at a mile and a 16th. Going away. Seemed to love mm. going two turns in that mm-hmm. race. I think of the American uh, runners here, she's got the best shot. Uh, daughter of Mendelssohn, a lot of his horses have come back. People forget, Mendelssohn on the on the Kentucky Derby Trail won a grass race here at Keeneland um, on the, on the or, or, excuse me, in the Breeders' Cup. And so, um, really really good on that side for the grass i think that she's got a really really serious shot seems to have figured it out at at delaware comes back is the favorite here last time she runs has to pick up a little bit of weight but i think that louis Sayas will give her another good ride like she had in the jessamine and then midnight mile is in this race the 12 10 to 1 kind of a long shot here for richard fahey i horse has done nothing but win two races at newmarket at seven furlongs that's a longer turn that you have to deal with but or excuse me, a longer stretch uh, going straight away uh, in that. Can the horse go the two turns? Can the horse like the turns is always a question with these European horses. I don't think Richard Fahey ships his horse if he doesn't think he's got a serious shot. So I ended up 10-9-12 and 12 in this one. Uh, we got a lot of people actually saying also that they really love Basil Martini, uh, who's a price here, 15-1. to 1, Yep, the 14. 14 yep. Uh, our boy James Welsh came on the, uh, the happy hour, was talking about how Joseph O'Brien's really kind of positioning his horses for this Breeders' Cup. Uh, could be a horse to considering your exotics. I like another you know, kind of a, a a name for the show. Last call, twenty to one. <laughs> one wins a Grade One last time out on a mile on the turf uh, at Woodbine. Yep. But at the same time, like you know, you're one of these races is going to get hit by a big number. By the way, last call breaks his breaks her maiden in a Grade One. Right. <laughs> yeah. <And> so <laughs> let's go. Okay. Yeah. Why not? You know, I, I like a long shot too. I like the, I like the one horse Comanche County. Uh, 
country. I'm sorry, Comanche country. Uh, Phil D'Amato has had unbelievable success with these horses that he's got coming over from Europe. Now, I do see on her form she was beaten in her second start by seven and a quarter lengths uh, by uh, Meditate. Uh, but I just like the fact that she's inside. I, I like the fact that she comes from off the pace. I think there'll be some pace to, to run in here. Uh, Rez Poli has ridden her all three times and three straight wins. So I'm going to, you know, and, and a great a great turf pedigree, Highland, Highland Reel over a, uh, uh, a Charmadal uh, mare. Uh, so I'm going to go with the one. Dan, that's a great pick. I mean, Phil D'Amato and Umberto have been three for three at this distance with this horse last th- three times out. Ever since the, uh, D'Amato took over with this horse, three for three. I love that pick. All right. We're going to head on now to the next one, which is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. So we got a, a potential superstar here. Again, this is probably going to be your first derby favorite uh, talk, uh, what, we'll, what we'll get. And it's going to probably more than likely be Cave Rock. We've got a heavy favorite. Baffert's got a big-time horse. We'll see who's training him in the spring. Uh, but, again, Cave Rock, 4-5. to five. Louis, who do you think could beat Cave Rock? I think there are a couple that you could look at here, actually. I think that if, they, if, if these horses improve, as we see two-year-olds do, Dan, in the fall, a horse like Forte, the 4, Blazing 7s, the 6. I like, I like verifying a lot. The 5 horse here won the Champagne over Sloppy Go, or was in the Champagne over Sloppy Go last time, ran a pretty good race, but, um, you know, just didn't quite get there uh, at the end of the race. I do think that that horse has a really serious shot. In this one, all of the, you know, that's a son of Justify. I think we're starting to see the Justify babies turn out to be terrific horses as well. Yeah, so yeah. we're getting some of that. I love the, the Blazing Sevens that ran, that race he ran in um, at Aqueduct in the rain. I worry. It's not wet. Is he going to be able to keep that form going? Uh, but I think Forte is probably the, the most likely person to push here. Won the Breeders' Fraternity here at Keeneland over this course. Um, in 144, the difference is Cave Rock just won over the distance at 143 flat yeah. at Santa yeah. Anita. If that form translates from California to here, Cave Rock should win by probably an open length and a half, two it, lengths, something yeah, like that. Yeah, at least. I, 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 Cave Rock stands out here to me. As you said, if he transfers that form to Keeneland. I was talking to the Foley's, uh, Greg and Travis Foley, earlier this week. They seem to think that the Keeneland track was playing uh, certainly much different than Churchill. And if it's playing much different than, than Santa Anita, where Cave Rock won, then maybe you have to look at some horses that have a race over the track. And so I'm, I'm going to box three horses in my exacta here. I'm going to box... Uh, lost uh, Cave Rock with Forte, and I'm also using. If you like Forte, you have to love Lost Ark because Lost Ark has gone head and head in the two works uh, since uh, the uh, the Breeders' Cup Futurity here, uh, and he had a terrible, a terrible trip. In, in the Breeders' Futurity. Uh, he, he broke dead last. He was steadied early, checked at the 316th pole. So my box is going to be three, Cave Rock, four, Forte, and eight, Lost Ark. And quite honestly, the second best horse in this race behind Cave Rock might be National Treasure, who Cave Rock just romped yeah, over yeah, on the last yeah, time out. So yeah. uh, don't leave National Treasure, I don't think, off your exotic tickets either. Uh, I would, If I'm going to do this, I'm going to single Cave Rock in this race. All right. The uh, By the way, we're going to go over a million bucks in the early pick five pool, which involves no Breeders' Cup races. Wow. There you go. <laughs> There's going to be some money out here, folks. The final Breeders' Cup race of the day, which will be the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. 
grade one, one million dollars a mile again on the turf for uh, this one's just not limited to just only uh, Phillies. This one we got some. Colts and Phillies in this one. Uh, Louie, who do you like in this one? I think we have a kind of a coming out party here, possibly, for Silver Knot, the four. Charlie Appleby, Bill Buick. You know, you know, Dan, Charlie Appleby, when he brings a horse over to the U.S., he only wins at 53% the first time they're That's winning. That's pretty good. It's okay in horse racing. When you try to do and, things and at 20%. Did he, not win three, did he not win three Breeders' Cup races last yeah, year? Yeah, I mean, especially. All on the grass. All on the grass. So if you see that name, Charlie Appleby, that's one to include in your longer tickets. He and Bill Buick hooking up in the United States at 7 out of 8 so far this year. Uh, not too bad. 88%. I've never seen that on the form before. Um, it's it's a remarkable thing. And the horses are paying 529 So, mm. I mean, they're paying. Yeah. That's what's remarkable, yeah. too. I think it's a coming out party for him. I did spread a little bit here in my ticket just to try to maybe per- pick off some value. The one horse Victoria Road is here, Ryan and Ryan Moore. Similar sort of story here. The horses won his last three um, all in France. Uh, Chantilly, uh, two in France and one in, in Ireland. To, uh, last time at Chantilly in, uh, in Graded Company, running against Graded Company for the first time. is going to be part of the closing pace here. And then Pax of Wallop is my American horse here yep. coming in from Santa Anita. Uh, trained by Jeff Mullins, who's just a terrific trainer. Um, 32% with Mike Smith. So they seem to team up on horses. This horse is going to be the one that's going to be very near or setting the pace in this race, Dan. And so once in a while, horses just get out front, stay out front, especially at the two-year-old level. So I went 4-1-2 and two here. Uh, I, I agree with the two. Uh, Mike Mike Earl Smith, <laughs> my buddy Mike uh, Mikey on on the two, and it and I think if you look down through here, he is easily uh, the best American horse. Uh, Oscar Performance, the sire of the number six, and the winner is uh, is off to a, a a pretty good start at stud. His first uh, foals are two year olds, uh, but uh, I I would say I'm uh, Silver Knot. Uh, it, it, when you got to pay attention with Appleby and Buick, so I'm going to go four, two, six. And my long shot here, actually, I really like is Web Slinger coming off the Mammoth. Web Slinger twenty to one. Mark Cassie, Dylan Davis. That's why you're not going to get. Um, you know, breaks his maiden actually in the now 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 uh, listed stakes. A black type at uh, Monmouth going a mile over that turf course. Two turns there. So I'm interested if we can keep that form going, Dan, if a horse like that who's going to come from off the pace can be part of that late speed uh, and uh, pick one off here. Uh, good stuff right there. By the way, just to add on Appleby, too, I think the thing, the reason why Appleby's so good is because he really picks his spots. Yes. Like he is, If he enters a horse... He feels like that horse got is going to have a chance to win. Yeah, so, I mean, he's, you're not going to see a lot of Appleby horses throughout the Breeders' Cup in this one because Avery, uh, he's picking it. I need a favor from you because a man named Jay Privman just showed up at our table. And so P-R-I-V-M-A-N, if you can find any Privman and Lock sound together, <laughs> I would like to play that to close the show. Uh, I'm mentioning this only for Andy because uh, Jay Privman has been one of the great guests that we've ever had on the station. Um, and the only horse racing one <laughs> that has been interesting. So, just had I a kid. race named after him I too, kid. right? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah he did. pretty That's big right. deal right yeah. there. So. Right. so let's talk a little bit about, the, about tomorrow's card then um, because I do think, you know, we could start to preview that. Obviously, we've talked about you know, we've talked about Flightline and the Classic, Dan, yep. and how we feel about that. Um, you know, is there another horse tomorrow that's running that you've you've really kind of circled as as one that you're you're excited to see? Do you think perhaps is there a, 
a, a favorite that you know, like is Jackie's Warrior going yes. win, or do you think Jack, Jackie's Warrior? I think I think there are two singles uh, in in the final pick six. Okay, I think Jackie's Warrior is a single, although he has disappointed before, mm-hmm. uh, but under uh, under different circumstances. The first time as a two year old, they tried to get him to go two turns. He wanted nothing to do with that in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and then last year he came out of the sprint with a, a, a chip in his knee uh, that they had to do surgery on. I think he's I think he's ready to go. Uh, I think there are two singles in the pick six tomorrow, which uh, I hate to rain on Diener and Mark's parade, <laughs> but I don't think they're going to get any $100,000 pick six tomorrow. You, you got to hit it to get $100,000. Yeah, right. yeah, you have to hit it first. That's always the <laughs> tough part. And then you got to pick out which – you know where that long shot's going to come in those where you go races. deep and where you and where you right. single and uh you know and of course you're going to have to spread in the distaff no matter what and you're not going to get some big numbers in that distaff race so i'm really i love watching the distaff louie and i always love watching the distaff um, and then i agree jackie's warrior is the horse that i'm really just interested to see if he can step up to the occasion uh after the breeders cup disappointment i mean last year lou we were talking about like the three most obvious singles and Jackie's Warrior was one. Was Latruska the other one? Yeah. And um, yeah. I, I mean, it, it really two of the three didn't win. Win right. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to remember who the third one was, um, but I honestly can't remember off the top of my head. Probably Nick's Go in the class. It, it was more than likely Nick's Go. Yeah. yeah. And um, I do think the other race tomorrow, just from a purely horse racing nerd perspective, is that the turf mile, the BC mile, is wide open and very interesting. It has a bunch of great horses in it. Um, if you told me that Modern Games wins, I wouldn't be surprised. That's right. an Appleby. Uh, Buick, of course. If Ivar gets back his form that he's had at Keeneland before, yep. runs yep. a huge race, he's totally capable of winning the race. Order of Australia's in this race. Won the race two years ago over this course. Um, absolutely. Can you bet Can you bet him uh, off of off of this form? I mean, he, he has done nothing. You also this, couldn't bet him two years ago, to be fair. When he paid when he was 73 to, to yeah. 73 to 1 or something like Ken that. Ken Ross is in this race reminds me of Space Blues in this race last year. Out of year. the 13 hole. Out of the 13. Yeah. Domestic spending off of a more than a year layoff out of the 14. Did yep. that horse have a run in him? I don't think Chad Brown enters him if he doesn't think so. That's a fascinating race and one that I think tomorrow uh, could produce could be the one that produces the and again who the who the hell is that horse kind of result right. that we usually get right. on Saturday. Annapolis ran 103 speed, speed figure on this Kit, turf there, course. That might be your American three-year-old that wins. Right. That's That could be the one yep. uh, 10 to if 1 if he gets that, that trip one. again he yeah. can definitely do it absolutely so uh that race is in, is incredibly um fascinating to you it'll be interesting because uh you know kinross beats uh Malavot last time out and Malavot is probably going to be 15 20 to 1 and yeah that was at Longchamp. I mean, well, it's it, you know, guys, it's supposed to be hard. We're talking about. I mean, this is this isn't <laughs> right. a non. This isn't a twenty thousand dollar claiming non winners of two. I mean, these are the best horses in, in the, the world. world. It's, right. it's it's supposed to be hard. Avery, did you find any Jay Privet sound? I have a Jay Privet sound. Play it. I need this. Like I need. I, the stream. only reason I would say that is he so clearly didn't want to run Country House in the Preakness. He's been very transparent on that regard. Like he was almost happy he finished second because he wouldn't have to worry about the obligation to go to the Preakness. And now it just seems so preemptive. Like he's not sick yet, but he's acting like he might get sick. Uh, but obviously he he knows the horse the best. But you, can you understand? Well, you know, he's already coughing. Okay. The horse is already. How can we ask you something? How often are you around the barn? Very infrequently. Thanks. Okay, yeah, no, I, I get it. 
<laughs> I get it. <laughs> that happened in this time slot. How about that? I love it. <laughs> oh, the absolute best. Thank you, Avery, very much. I appreciate it. The um, Yeah, get going out. Avery, do you have a horse uh, number that you like to pick or a color? Let's oh, go with on. pink. Okay, okay, okay. Ooh, number eight. So number eight. Number yeah. eight yeah. Is, is the favorite of the first race, actually. Silks, he's <laughs> yeah. eight to five in the first race. There you go, Avery. You know, I kind of like that name. There you go. Yeah. You see, I'm, it's it's a good vibe. All right, so uh, Avery, if that horse wins, uh, I'll, I'll hand you a $20 bill on Monday, okay? Cool beans. All right, done. <laughs> that horse has no chance now. <laughs> All right, well, first race about to go off here at Keeneland. Uh, Isla and Louie with you uh, up till noon. Uh, Bobby V will take over for us in about five minutes. Um, and by five minutes, I mean about ten minutes. And then, uh, of course, you'll get the first take around three o'clock. Sweezy and Street will hang out with you uh, up until six o'clock inside Churchill Downs after that. Yeah, uh, just looking forward to a great day. And again, you can tune back in tomorrow, same station, 11 to noon. We'll be talking about what really impressed us from this Friday and then uh, doing a little bit of a deeper preview, I think, on the racing on Saturday. We'll be all racing tomorrow and uh, we should be we should be ready to go. I mean, it's yeah, absolutely. Day. Dan, I'm so glad that you joined us, by the way. Well, that, it was very nice of you. Uh, as Louie knows, there's nothing I like more talking about than this marvelous sport that we have. Absolutely. So it's very nice that, that, that you would include me. Well, Dan's no first media credential. That's right. fascinating. Is that That's right. Of course, he's never it. needed one before. I'm saving it. I'm going to take it home with me. Yeah, I have a. Do you save yours? I have a, a lamp that has like one of those side reading arms on it that I'm hanging them on, and then it, the lamp just tumped over. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've got I've got a bunch of them. I don't know if I've kept all of them, but I usually just by I have force a, of habit. I have a bunch of them on my tie rack. Yeah, because of course I have a tie rack. Yeah, because the joke writes itself. Yeah, the joke writes well, itself. Yeah. I will be a all the way. I'll be all the way up to number one on my tire rack. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Well, this has been Isla and Louie here on six eighty one zero five seven. Uh, second hour of the show brought to you by our friends at Delta Dental of Kentucky. Ky dot com. Check them out online for all of your individual, family, and for business plans. Nationwide network of dentists, and of course those vision plans through VSP through Delta Vision. Check them out at ky.deltadental.com. Of course, uh, we thank our friends at Baranos for bringing lunch by the studios, George Downtown, Baranos by the Bridge. Uh, go check them out for all the events at the Yum Center, essentially, especially, excuse me, as uh, as the basketball games get kicked Absolutely. Good all right. Hey, your horse is about a half a length <laughs> off the lead. Oh, we got the live you, got, you got a Man. shot. You got a shot here. Let's you got go. a shot. Go, Avery, go. There you come. <laughs> all right. He's well. up to second. Is that the five in the middle? No, he's on the outside. He's going to the lead. <laughs> you're going to win it, bucks, Avery. Avery. Get that 20 bucks, Avery. No, you're not. Oh. <laughs> Boy. Is that the five? No, it's interesting because that's you're not. the morning line favorite. The yeah. six might be the no, finish. Oh, is the six going to hang on? <laughs> what great radio this is. Yes. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this has been It's Little Louis. Nothing better than a horse call on the radio. We'll be... We'll be back at 11 tomorrow. We hope you are, too. Of course, um, <laughs> good Lord, my horse called already. We'll be back at 11, uh, 11 o'clock tomorrow, Horse Racing Happy Hour, live from Keeneland with all of your coverage here. Have a great day, everybody.